When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. And get on-call advice whenever you need it. All-inclusive, no-lock-in contracts. Go to myhr.works for more. Shirley bought car insurance awarded for being very cheap. But come claim time, Shirley realised that choosing a bargain can end up being very, very expensive. Yes, this is the sound of bargain regret. Worried about cheap insurance? Who offers great value cover you won't regret? Amy does. Lucky you're with Amy. Before buying insurance issued by Amy, read the PDS at amy.com.au and consider whether it's right for you. TMD also available. TazRacing.com.au's Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian racing. Your Form Plus Pro account gives you access to free live streaming of every Greyhound, Harness and Thoroughbred race in Tasmania, replays and photo finish photos at all angles. You'll also get rated markets, pro form guides, speed maps and more. Subscribe to the ultimate Tasmanian form source today. Form Plus Pro by TazRacing.com.au Gamble responsibly. Call one 800 The SEN 1170 AM text line 0457 736 736. Text anytime about anything and have your say. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Crunch time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Robsoncivil.com.au. That is jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Call. You make the show. 1300 01 1170. 0457 736 736 for those mad texts. Welcome to our listeners across the SEN network. SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. SENQ 693 AM in Queensland. Those on 16.20 a.m. the Gold Coast, as well as our listeners on the SEN app and the SEN podcast. Uh, big, big show coming up. We have got Simon Orkin to, to talk about all things uh, Greyhound racing. We're looking forward to that. Andrew Voss, the Eels winning streak broker. That's what happens. If you're a punter and you've won heaps, and then the moment you say we've won heaps, it goes pear-shaped. Well... The big article in the Daily Telegraph, Vossi had spoken about the juju, which is him calling Parramatta games and they win. I knew the moment it was published, the dream was over. Gary Belcher on the Raiders and Ricky Stewart. Anthony Seabold for the last hour. 
And uh, what about our guests here? Now, 50% of it, that beautiful song, by the way, some of you will have no idea what it was. Many of you will know what it was. And it, it just screams finals. 50% of my co-hosts, I reckon, know all about it. And the other 50% surprisingly don't. And I'm pleased to say the man who I'm tipping does know about it is a two-time Walkley Award winner, Herald Chief Rugby League writer Adrian Prezenko. Good afternoon. Got absolutely no idea what that's about. <laughs> you don't. Oh, no. So 100% of our listeners have no idea. Yeah. Wait, were you banking on me to know? <laughs> no. No, it I sounds like the Olympic, uh, the Olympic... It's called the Olympic Spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They, so they play that in the Olympic Village, like just on speakers oh, it's over so day. Good. So good. The Olympic Spirit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so... And what, they used to use that for the rugby league, did they? So I... I'm going to head tomorrow. I'm calling the game for SCN. Roosters taking on the Rabbitohs. And I'll I be ta- there too. Are you, pop up to the box. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm doing the pre-show, so I'll stay up there with oh, you. Oh, you stay up there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stay up there. Mate, chime in. I mean, I might go to the toddies, but I yeah. don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yes. So my first memory of that stadium was a seven-hour drive or whatever the drive was. It felt like four days from Lake Car Jelly Go. We had an L300 white Mitsubishi van, column shift. Yeah. And all the kids piled in. If it fit sort of uh, seven ki- seven people, there was 15 people in it, right? <laughs> and there's two things I remember about this trip. Is the old man, right, we're coming through Kelso near Bathurst and there's like a convoy of cars coming through and he's basically the middle car. And so he's going at the speed of those in front of him, right? And <laughs> Dad got former cop too. He got pinned for speeding, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the bloke, um, he, he pulled him over and Dad said, oh, how's it, how, how is it these days, mate? Oh, he said, I've been in the cop for, cops for 15 years, you know. Oh, a secret handshake yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. He said, oh, mate, yeah, not too bad. Anyway, here's your fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, there was no, no favour. Old mate's act. <laughs> yeah. So for three hours to, to Sydney, Dad's just got the shits, you know, like the cops. Yeah. And, and then we unload and we go to... Um, the Sydney Football Stadium, and we walk into the bowels of the Sydney Football Stadium. Though that tune's humming, and I'm just so excited. And our seats, I reckon, were the worst seats <laughs> in the Sydney Football Stadium. Right? I would have had up near the big a, screen or I, something. I would have had a better side at Lake Jelly. Right? <laughs> but I was so pumped to be yeah. there. Like, I'd never been to a big game like that. Yeah. And it was the day where some of our old audience may remember Gary Coyne, the back row for Canberra. He got four tries. He scored. Wow. He scored one try all year. He got to the uh, prelim final against Manly. He scored four wow. tries, and I was a Canberra fan. It was like thirty six to twenty four. It was such a great memory. But the reason I bring that up is, I've um, I've never been to the new stadium, Allianz. When I say never been, it's been there for two weeks. Yeah, I'm taking my boys there, and, and they're going to be the same age, roughly. So I've got an eleven year old and a twelve year old boy, and they're going to be about the same age as I was when I first went to that glorious venue. Wow. So I have the same memories. Yeah. wonder what music they're playing these days. Well, I, I, I've tried to get on a campaign to get that music get that, back. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So honestly, they do play that on like speakers around the Olympic Village yeah. just wow. of a day. Just on that, uh, the the speeding fine. So have you ever got a, first, a speeding fine giving the old wink, wink, nudge, uh, nudge? Like, you know who I am type. Not, not, not you know who I am, but yeah. because of who you are. I have not, but Kobe has. Um... 
Hello, I don't know what's going on there, but, <laughs> but, but she's got off a couple of times. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. I, I had she's a, got some fines about her. Well, I had a ripper. Did you? Um, so I'm, I, I've never, I never got off one in my life. Lost my license three times. Just, I'm a shocker. Have you lost after. your license three times? Yeah, it might even be four. Wow. Um, but just on that, sorry, sorry to intervene. I've just survived the single point. The pr- yes, the probationary. I, yes, I went. Yeah. Uh, was it eight months? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had to go eight months on one point. Yeah. And I do a lot of driving, yeah. and I've just survived it, which was a great gift for me because now, now I actually <laughs> stick the speed limit. But anyway, play on. Yeah, so I'm, I'm driving home to Port Macquarie one night, late at night, um, with, with uh, Rose, with my yeah. partner. And it must be about 1 a.m., 1.30 a.m., and we're near Taree yes. on the mid-north coast. And, uh, per fleet. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we still go through Perth? No, no, not no, no, no. I bypass it. And yeah. I'm it, it's one thirty at night. I just want to get home. I want to get to bed, see mum and dad before I get to bed. And I'm doing well over yeah. uh, on the Pacific Highway. Yeah. And uh sure enough, sirens and I look at this Woo. I look at my, my speedometer and I'm going, Uh oh, this is a big oh, one. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is this, <laughs> this is a big <laughs> one. Oh wow. He pulls me over, mate, license please. Takes my license, goes off to his car, and I'm looking at my missus, she goes, You're a like this is a big one. <laughs> he comes back to the car. He goes, James Magnuson. I go, yeah. And he goes, I loved you on SAS. Slow down. Gives me my, my license wow. and drives off. <laughs> and I just sit back and go, whoa. Oh, so this, this is recent. This is recent. I go, oh. I have dodged. <laughs> well, you have, yeah. You've dodged a bullet until you've just confessed right now and this fine's about to come. <laughs> Did he know you was a swimmer or just the fact that you'd been on TV oh, for SAS? Well, well, what I said, I said to Rose, I said, you know what? You know, there's probably a safe space for me in and yeah. around Port Macquarie. I said, I reckon wow. we've just crossed the threshold. Any closer to Newcastle, done. Wow. But I was probably just into my safe zone of, like, they're my people up in here, Port Macquarie. How many yeah. atrocities have been covered up in Port Macquarie where oh. you've absolutely <laughs> yeah. been speaking in Braille after a big night out yeah. and then someone's just looked after yeah. you and just thrown yeah. A, yeah. A, an arm around you? Yeah, that's well, my happy place. I haven't even formally introduced himself for all those police trying to get a... Um, a uh, retro fine. <laughs> the, the bloke's name is James Magnuson, former Paul Macquarie Shark, two-time world champion freestyler. Uh, Just, if we're going to do confession, we usually do confession Fridays, which we didn't do yesterday. Okay. Confession Saturdays. We had played, so my youngest is, uh, sorry, my youngest is 11, second youngest is like 12. And he had been born uh, weeks before and born on the same day as a mate of mine's daughter, right? Yeah. So we'd finished the year and it was Christmas time. And we played a game of touch. And I hadn't eaten all day, right? And we played a game of touch. And as you do, you sort of crack open the esky and have a couple of beers. So I had two beers, right? And thought, like, I was fine. Like, I, I didn't think anything of it. And we just, okay, righto, great season. Off I go. So I'm driving. And the RBT's ahead. Oh. And then I thought, ooh, I had two beers. I mean, I'm fine. But am I actually, jeez. Yeah, it's a bad feeling, that. P- pulls me over. He says, um, mate, uh, 0.058, you're over. Whoa. And my heart just dropped. Like, I, I felt yeah. totally fine. And, and I could see how people fall into this trap. So I've got a, a car stays there, right? You've got to get in the paddy wagon. Yeah, the station. You've got to get it blood yeah. test. Yeah, all, all that, right? Wow. And by the time I'd got to the station, I was fine. Oof. Jeez. I was fine. But, yeah. But you can see how people can easily trip up. Yeah. Yeah. You had any, Adrian? 
No, but people also met, metabolise it at a different rate. So uh, well, well, the yeah. fact yeah. I hadn't eaten, I think, was uh, the big thing. Yeah, the that fact that you just played sport as well. Yeah. I, I think the the one that probably needs more education is driving after a big night. Like how long? Like yeah, that's mm. that's the one because yep. there used to be this thing in your head where. I've, I've had a sleep, so I'm sweet. And this is going back 10, 20 years ago. Like, there was never any sort of talk about then. But it's like, I reckon there are times oh. when you just think, wow, I'm just going to crash at my mate's lounge and then drive home. And you think, well, is that a prudent move or not? Well, yeah. that, that's right. And, and I must be very, very clear. Like, I, it is a serious matter. And I was completely embarrassed about it. I was so embarrassed about it. Anyway, have your say. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to do that. You can also text 0457 I've introduced Adrian. I've introduced uh, our man James, the missile. I've not spoken yet to the, to, uh, the maestro. Hello, maestro. How are you, Joel? Very good. Nice to be back. With, nice to have you back in the host seat. It's been a few weeks. It's been it's almost been, a month, It's been I almost think. a month. Is yeah. it because Matt White is uh, pitching up for Tracy Grimshaw's job at the moment? <laughs> 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 is that why yes. you're here? Well, I'll tell you what. I could <laughs> see that. I could see that. <laughs> some, yes. some, somebody slid into my DMs, which I'll bring up. Ooh. Now, Fletcher and I have been talking about Tracy Grimshaw, and... Are these the same sort of DMs that I get? Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> De- definitely not the same, same as you. Um, but uh, where is this one? Where is this one? It came from... I'm, I'm still shaking my head that the law doesn't apply to James Magnuson. <laughs> like, it's just... That's... Uh, Trust me, much, it doesn't work in Sydney. With it does much not power work in comes much responsibility, Jay. Oh, here it is, here it is. So I've, I've had a lot of uh, DMs today about the horse who ran second, which I'll get to a little bit later on. And this one from... Tracy Grimshaw, is that yeah, right? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> we, we spoke about Tracy Grimshaw, right? Yeah. And, and Fletch reckons, like, she's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But he said, when you watch Tracy Grimshaw, the tip of the pen, right? So I've got it here. The tip of the pen doesn't move. It's a great gift. So when she's broadcasting to look, millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people, that tip of the pen doesn't move. And I said to Fletch, I said, in all my spots on the weekend... I'm going to go full full Tracy Grimshaw, mate, right? <laughs> and this comes through at uh, 6.28 last night. Hey, Sugar, I thought you were going to be resolute on still hands this week. Just watching you on Fox, more hands in a clock store. <laughs> 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 so clearly I failed. Oh, that's good. And, and wow. I, what did I reply? I replied... Um, Ha, ha, I hope it makes you respect Tracy more. Hashtag pen doesn't move. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and what about the Great King's Trust? The great, mm. you know what's great about this? It's a, it's a bit of a shame. I didn't get to see the, um, I didn't get to see the race. I was on a phone call with the Luminary Maestro, and I were talking to the Luminary, who we're going to catch up with later in the program. I just had a feeling King's Trust was about fifteen bucks, and it's our horse, uh, Jimmy Smith's in the horse, and it's his birthday today. King's Trust. He turned seven today, and I. He's been running on wet tracks, right? But he's, it's hard to make up the ground on the wet tracks. He's been drawing rubbish barriers. And I thought he's a chance today. He's a sneaky chance, right? Yep. Drew barrier 15, 15 bucks. Mm. And I still haven't seen the race, but apparently plenty of people texting. It charged down the middle of the track and beaten by a beast proverbial. Oh, no. but, but you know what? Second, yeah. round week. What was the place? Or Rose Hill, wherever they run. Rose Hill, rather. What would that pay for a place? I think it was about four bucks. Right. Oh, Andy. Yeah. Each way. Yeah. Bit of prize money for the owners as well. Oh, by the way, uh, Chich, our man at Sportsbet, he's he's been bullish. Uh, I don't know what the price is now, but there's a horse in race one at Flemington called Alpha One. And he said, look, on, it's a great horse. 
Uh, it's not the favourite, about four or five bucks, but he said, trust me, it, it will need to be a very good horse to beat it. So all care, no responsibility. Uh, WBW perhaps. Uh, looking forward to that as well. If you've got some mail, jump on the text line, 0457 736 736. 320 now. 320 now? Yeah, it's come into favour. Well, any and scratchings? Is there scratchings yeah. that have played? Heaps. Oh, there's heaps. Okay. Heaps. Well, then it, it might still be. Is it the favourite? Yep. Yes. Okay. In from 550. Wow. Okay. All right. It's going to come in even shorter after our little discussion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alpha One, thank you very much, Chich. No, honestly, this bloke, he is... So basically, when Sportsbet are finalising their Melbourne Cup markets, which, is, as you can appreciate, is a huge hold, the final say will be, okay, Chich, have we got this right? What do you think about this? Really? So, yeah. And you can't win them all. You can't win them all. But if you're getting the right price, and this is what I say about people on the punt, it's all about the, the price. So if, yeah. I, if we, if you and I, Jane, flipped a coin all day, yeah. and you got a dollar ninety, and I get $2.10, yeah. in all likelihood... You come out on top. I come out on top. Even yeah. though we win 50-50, I'm going to yeah. come out on top. So it's all about the price. Um, but anyway, Chich is liking Alpha 1 in the first. I like the name. I'm on. Yep. Okay. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to get involved in the program. Huge show. Absolutely huge show. This is Crunch Time. Crunch Time here on SEN. More after this. Welcome back. Crunch Time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Uh, sorry, Adrian, I've, I've taken your sheets. I'm going to give those back. You've, done it, you've done it twice. <laughs> I've taken your headsets. I've taken your headsets as well. Uh, yeah, pl- look, plenty of text messages coming through. Uh, we'll tidy those up very, very shortly is the way to do that. Uh, in the meantime, now, I actually, I've been getting the train to work, right? Because we're, we're going to go overseas at the end of the season and my daughter's just turned 17 and I've given her my car. So I bought the car Oof. with her in mind. It's trusting. A little Mazda car. Oh, okay. Three years ago. Or two and a half years ago. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy the car so I know the background of the car and then give it to her as a surprise for her 17th birthday. Right, get her yeah. license, uh, number plates on, etc. So I haven't mucked around with getting the car. So I'm getting the train from time to time. When she doesn't need the car, I'll drive. And I'm walking from here. We're in North Sydney. I'm walking to the station. Yeah. And all these cameras, all these cameras are out the front of this venue. Michelle Bishop, Danny Widler, and they're outside Penn Health. Mm. Right. So there's a meeting. There's a meeting ah. about Des Hasler. Yes. And I thought, ooh, if they're there, does that mean? That's where the meeting is. Well, well clearly the meeting's there, but does that mean if they're there? Have they copped a tip that he's actually gone? But Adrian, this is your day, man. Wasn't yes. the wasn't the case? No, it wasn't the case. So we were talking about the Penn's offices are just down the road from our offices, which are also in North Sydney. Yeah, Walker Street. Yeah, in Walker Street. So we got the tip off, yeah. and and the the TV's Danny Widler was there, etc. So we knew it was a big meeting, right? <laughs> the 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 funny thing is, so it starts at three o'clock, goes for a couple of hours. And our job, my job, was to get on the phones and find out how what what went down. Yeah. So you t- talk to. There's two parties. Obviously, there's there's Des and his agent, and you've got Scott Penn and Tony Mestro. So you ring Team Des. How was the meeting? Great meeting. Unbelievable. Oh, yes. There's so you know, everyone's on the same page. All about stability. Yep. You know, it's it's great. And I said, well, well, what happens? What's the actual takeout? I said, well, he's obviously contracted for next year mm. and it sounds like they're not going to sack him, right? What about beyond then? Like, did you talk about extension or whatever else? And the word was, well, the contract already contemplated 2024, i.e. if he hit certain performance clauses, 
he would be extended for a year. Yes. But he didn't because he missed the eight. He, he had to make top six. But, you know, we're told that, you know, the very, very strong indication... So, sorry, I didn't say if he made top six... This year, he'd, that, be, he'd be coaching in 2024 automatically. There'd be a... a uh, in 2024 automatically, in not 23, so that's sorted. 24. That's already done. Okay, yeah, he's already yep. contracted for yep, 23. Okay, so yep, there's yep, no, yep. So, so the suggestion was that, look, he didn't do that, but because we're all about stability and we're all yep. you know, happy, happy kumbaya, we're, we're probably going to extend anyway. So there'll be, like, you know, no clauses. It'll be an unconditional to the end of 24. Fantastic. You know, so you want to get the other side of the story, but I'm already starting to bash out yeah. my yarn. Then you hear the other side of the story, and it's like I hear that, you know, Des is not only staying for 2023. It sounds like for 2024. And they've gone, that did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh. So it's like they not only did they have this meeting, you know, to sort out all the differences. They couldn't even agree on what actually transpired wow. during the meeting. Wow. And, and the funny thing is, so Scott Penn had flown in from the US in order to sort this out because there's all of these issues, all right? this tension simmering. So and he wasn't else. here. He wasn't here. He's wow. come in to have this meeting on Friday morning. He gets on a plane to head back. Things are worse than when he actually arrived because they can't even agree what happened in the meeting. Wow. It's unbelievable. Can I ask uh, from a journalist's point of view, and, and Adrian Prezenko, two-time Walkley winner, huge, like just a very, very good at what he does. And you know what? I'd find this very, very hard. So I see the event where Brent Reid, right? So Brent Reid turns up on the footy show, right? And he's had a fair swipe at Gus Gould this week. Mm. Um, how hard is that as a journalist? And, and by the way, I've, I've just listened to a podcast who killed Daphne, where a journalist takes on the establishment, which is far bigger than any of the journalists in our rugby league game have to do, where, where she's taking on a the Prime Minister and the whole government, and ultimately her car gets blown up like she dies. So oh. there's a podcast called Who Killed Daphne. We had Stephen Gray on during the week. Um, and we're seeing this, podcasts that are ultimately deciding or leading towards verdicts in... Cases. Uh, Dawson. Dawson, yeah. teacher's pet. How hard is it, Adrian, when you know someone yep. or you are close to someone? Um, and, and to be honest with you, I actually I love Phil Gould and I love Brett, Brett Reid, but I did respect him for, for doing that. Yeah. Well, you've got to basically do a cost-benefit analysis with, yeah. with basically every yarn that you're on. Look, from my point of view, I'm for the most part a straight news writer. Like sometimes I'll do an analysis, yep. but it's like this happened or this guy got offered a contract or whatever else. So people aren't for the most part asking me for my opinion yes. on things. So for me, it maybe it's a little bit easier than if you're going on 360 and gotcha. you're asked for yeah. your opinion or whatever else. Gotcha. Like, yeah, we've got a meeting and one party says this and one party says that. So we're, we're not on the same page and I'll write it straight up and down. But I know all of the people in that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort mm. of hard. Well, who do you trust? Like, who do you believe? Um, so that part of it's really hard. So, see, I think you just have to write it as straight up and down, black and white as possible. Can it? I ask you this question? I, I, I'm guessing the answer is yes. Have you landed on or heard about a major story that never went to print? All the time. Yeah. So, so it's not what is true, yeah. it's what you can prove yes. to be true. So at the end of the day, and our masthead at, at the Herald, like we pride ourselves on the fact that you, you get it right, yeah. you know, and you can only write what you can back up. You've got, you know, a document or a source or someone who's prepared to go on the record. Um, 
all the time. You, you, you know in your heart of hearts that you've been told something and you know it's 100% correct, but if it gets to a defamation proceeding in court, then I can't, and they say, well, what proof do you have? I can't provide a document or a witness that will back up my my version of events. So you just have to play the long game yep. and you, you can't afford to write things. It, it's better to miss a story than to, to get one wrong or, or to write something that you can't prove and back up. To win two Walkleys, I'm again uh, guessing the answer is yes to what I'm about to ask you. Is there a story that you've written that you'd love to take back, to take off the table? I, I imagine it's a yes, and I don't need you to tell me the story. If you want to tell the story, tell the story. But is there a story that you've written and you think, oh, I've had my time again. It caused me so much grief, this story. It wasn't worth printing it. Well, the, the great irony is that the one that sticks out for me is basically this whole saga at Manly, but back in 2013. So yep. it was about the time that Des was, had won the comp and Canterbury. was looking to leave to Canterbury. Yep. And the way it was told to me was that Des had told the people in the in the room that so, sorry, going to stay sorry he's so taking a photo of us as we like, and, and I was and sitting down yes. I, I was sitting down and I'm, I'm lunch so I'm just now going to get myself into I've, a, I've a more pose, flattering we've position got to pose up a little bit. Uh, here we go Maestro big photo thank you very much thank you sir so, sorry yeah. she's to go play so on. it was a, it was a s- same situation where there was speculation over what Des was going to do with yeah. his future and Manly thought so they offered from memory an extension and he. And the word was that he was going to take that extension. And yes. people told me within the club that it was his intention to, to stay, Yep. which I wrote. Yes. And then as it turned out, obviously other things had happened and he ended up going to the Bulldogs. So there's my my big regret, I yes. guess. Yeah. Um, and I trusted the people who told me the information and that's what they had heard. Yeah. That's, that's what mm. they believe was going to happen. But obviously there were other negotiations and things going on. What's your personal view? Do, do you believe, and it's a people are entitled to have opinions, and, and whether you love Des or you don't, there's real estate going on today, sales, auctions, etc., and it's all decided by opinion. What, from what you hear, and you've got your ear close to the ground, is Des? It seems to be trotted out that he's getting a bit old school. What's your personal view? It's so fascinating. So there's obviously tension within the camp, right? There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, well, what's the tension? What is it? Well, well, there's a whole series of things. So, for instance, um, let's say Josh Schuster is a, a good example, right? Yep. Good, promising player, up and coming. There are people at the club, i.e. the, the Fulden family, yep. who believe that he should be given a go. Yep. And when Kieran Foran first came to the club... Um, Josh Schuster was assured, listen, don't worry, he's going to be playing number nine, so it doesn't affect what we've promised you, which is right. first crack at number six with Daly Cherry Evans. Yep. So that hasn't happened, right? I remember that. And, and, and Josh probably didn't take that well, um, and, and maybe it's a, a maturity thing or he just sort of felt that, you know, he, he was told one thing or something else. So I think that's one of the things that's, that's going on in terms of his own um, sort of battle to, to establish himself as a first-grade and, I, and I'm sure he will. And next year, he will get that opportunity. Mm. But but I think Des wanted to keep Kieran Foran for an additional year. So the interesting thing is, for instance, everyone's future is now tied to Josh Schuster. Yeah. So if Josh Schuster performs well, that's good for Des. That means that um, he'll his chances of staying on beyond next year improve. It's good for the Fuldens who, you know, Bob Fulden anointed him as the future captain of Manly. Can I ask this question? I, yep. I'm not close to Manly. Who is the more 
um, dominant Fulton as it stands? Is it Brett or is it Scott? Is it? Oh, I th- it's it's hard to say. Like right. I think both, there's, both... there's, there's Christie Fulton yep. as well. Okay, so yeah, they all yep. they all have you know a say, and and because obviously the the, the great legacy of Bob yeah. Fulton. Um, and the interesting thing in the background is that Bob Fulton, as as we speak now, is the most capped co- uh, coach in Manly history, and Des Hasler. By staying on, he's wow. only about like five, four or five games behind. Is that right? He will surpass. Wow. Sheesh. Yeah. So I wonder if there were some yeah. factions that maybe. Yeah, so thought, if he gets maybe it next year, he, he's, he's he, the. 100%. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's there's that in, in the background. Storylines well. everywhere. There's so many storylines. And Tony Mestrov, who we know is a wonderful operator and has done incredible things for Greyhounds New South Wales and basically yep. saved the industry, he's come in at a time where. Scott Penn has basically said to him, we need to rest back some of that control that Des Hasler has had over the club over a period of time. And he has to deal with all of these different factions. And, you know, we haven't even gone into the, you know, divide, the so-called divide between Daly Cherry Evans and Tom Travojevic, mm. which I personally think is overstated. There's the pride jersey yep. fallout. And some players, despite what, what people say, there are there's a little bit of animosity uh, from from those who played and ho- those who didn't. I keep so hearing th- some story that Des locked Penn out of the dressing rooms or something. I'm told, well, well again, you know, you, you're told lots of things. I'm, I'm told that, <laughs> that that didn't happen, but, okay. you know, h- how would you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think Alpha One's been locked out of the winning chances too, by the way. Anyway, uh, that's how that plays. That's the great punting game. In fact, you know what's going to run last? <laughs> it is going to run last. Wow. 1-300-01-1170. We need to break to uh, try and uh, console ourselves over this. Uh, we'll get we'll get some text now. Okay, let's do that. Okay, Joel, confirm that Des has put his Collaroy house up for sale. Coincidence. Ooh, is this the wow. one with the seawall? Maybe that. I don't know. Remember that it was nearly collapsing because of the sea well, was... Apparently, like, he has built, like, a fortress. Like, forget <laughs> about Fortress Brookvale. Like, he has insulated himself against the elements. Yeah. Um, so it would, it would take a tsunami. The Hasler Castle. Hey, boys, Corey. around the grounds we go. Group 10. Group 10, I think it is. Uh, Jolie, big shout-out to the Mudgy Dragons under 12s. They just won the grand final in Golden Point with a try, beating Bathurst Panthers 10-6. So six go. all, golden point, and the Mudgy Dragons uh, slide over to win where the Yo families moved. They were, the Yo family were in Dubbo. They've now moved out to Mudgy. Sugar, there's been this talk about uh, Daly Cherry Evans and the Trebojeviches, whether or not they get on. And I think, again, I don't think they're particularly close off the field, yep. but you don't have to be, right? Well, you don't like, have so, to be. for instance, Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny are very different people, right? Yep. And, uh, di- different personalities. Yep. And they got on fabulously, obviously, yep. but they've got tremendous respect for each other. Um, probably don't socialise a lot outside of football, never did during their playing days, yep. which is fine. But have you found during your playing career that there are people that you don't necessarily get on with, sure. so to speak, yeah. but you just get on with, with it and, and do the job? Yep, absolutely. Well, the thing is, uh, you know, you're working with the Sydney Morning Herald and the, the nine group, so to speak, and you would have the same in your vocation. You would have the same... In your vocation, uh, or, or in the swim teams over the years, where yep. you know everyone listens. Name names. I'm saving that for a book. You hate it anyway. Yes, please. Um, no, but but that's everyone listening has that right. Yeah, everyone listening, you know, the maestro here 
working here at Essie and there'd be people who go, oh, here comes he or she. Or. Yeah, the uh, way he was talking about those morning glory boys was <laughs> <laughs> concerning to say the least. Matthew, <laughs> what, what, what's wrong with Matthew? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that, that's what happens. And, and yeah. But as long as it's not toxic, yeah. six to go, play on. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it, it is – by the way, if you ever want to do something um, just for a bit of a laugh – Go and look up the first ever West Tigers team and then come back to me with a more rogue team in the history of the game. Hopawadi. Well, well, well scans, Hopawadi, West Tigers. There, there's not a team I don't believe yeah. in the history of the game. And here, more I, here I was on this country boy. I'm just naive. To what's, I wouldn't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> but there is not a team in the history of the game, in my opinion, right, Yeah. that has attracted so much animosity well, or, or scandal. Field. In that I don't want to name names, but yes, he was. Yes, he was. No, no. We, uh, yeah. What uh, was the Mad Monday like that year? Oh, oh mad. <laughs> <laughs> With a capital M. Yeah, absolutely wow. mad. Um, Jeez, Hopper, imagine Hopper on a Mad Monday. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd want to bring the Colgate, the old maximum cavity protection. Oh, <laughs> well, if I ever told you that, I was the first to get done by that. Oh, really? Oh, you... Yeah. You were the guinea pig yeah. in training. Wow. Honestly, yeah. So, wow. Yeah, so we were doing this play-the-ball drill. And at the time, we were the two wingers, so we're marking up on each other. And basically, our play-the-balls as a club had been very, very slow. Yeah. So we're doing this play-the-ball gig, and, and I was getting up and beating Hopper, and I think the losing um, team in the play-the-ball competition, which we had, had to do some kind of fitness drill. Yeah, right? yeah. So I'm beating Hopper, right? And I'm a bit smaller and back in those days fit, but... So I'm pouncing up and away we go. And then he just went straight up my Shavinda, Shavinda, right? <laughs> and, and as you can imagine being in like a crouch position, if that happens, your immediate thought is, oh, right? <laughs> So, mate, I was so annoyed by it. I've cracked him. I've, I've yeah. gone whack, right? Yeah. And then, so we're training at Leichhardt Oval, and then he's gone whack and knocked me back to five dock, right? <laughs> and I said, okay, we're even, Right. So he he started doing that in the games. So it's slow play the balls down. He'd sort of go, you know, bang in the games. But it wasn't till about eight weeks later, I think it was Paul Bowman who was the ultimate culprit or, or the ultimate victim to this. He Hopper had the ball and he just got trigger happy, you know. <laughs> so he's laying on his back with the ball and he's gone. And uh, that's, that's how it started. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you guys knew amongst the team that he was doing it? May or may not have known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. I'd have to I'd have to pull up a team sheet because it was a rogues gallery. Yeah, wasn't yeah. It? Oh, mate, I'm telling you, it, it is it is immortal rogueness. It is immortal as far and was as that people from Bowman and people from West or Hopper has come in ex- externally, yeah, right? Manly players in there, weren't there? Uh, there yeah, yes, there, there were. Least, there were. Yeah, there was some was West. That Terry Hill era. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm yeah. getting a bit of a picture. Yeah. 2000, year 2000, first ever. Year 2000. Like, mate, honestly, <laughs> it, it is, you could write a book just about that year. Oh, perfect. Wow. Who was a coach? Tim Sheens. No, oh, no, no, no. The irony of that is the greatest clean skin in the history of the game. It was junior. Junior Pierce. Junior Pierce. Oh. Yes. Wow. But, but they had this big salary cap, right? And it was like, like when you look back on it, they just went, okay, let's just, Let's just go real. Remember the fibros and the silver tails? Yeah. Oh, there was. They went fibro. Don't remember that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. We were fibro. <laughs> we were definitely fibro. And uh, but you know what? It was great fun, and, and it was actually going to work because the team was so mad. You wouldn't want to play us. And the Broncos this year, who bailed out, we were running second 
the whole season, basically. And I remember Phil Gould co- commentating for Channel 9. He said, this is the team to beat. This is the team to beat to win this competition. This is the team to beat. And we were leading 31 points to eight against uh, Penrith. Sold it. Just a massive crowd out at Penrith. And then one of the greatest comebacks in rugby league history. What happened was Hopper, we scored a try. It was a great try. It started in our own 20. It was razzle-dazzle. And we finished it off. And then Hopper, he may have scored the try. And then what he did, he used the goalposts as a bit of a wrestling move. So he, he oh, hit off one goalpost. It was like about a 40 to yeah. 38 or something. Yeah, like yeah. This. And then he hits oh. the other goalpost. And then Phil Adamson, um, and it wasn't Matt Adamson, yeah. he just pushed him out of the road. I remember this. And then the comeback happened, right? So yes. Chris Hicks, who couldn't kick out of sight, Girdler was out of the game. And Chris Hicks, I think, kicked none from five the week before. They score a try. And Tony Pulitua went berserk. Um, who else? Uh, the other back rower. Joe Nullivar. Joe Nullivar. They just went berserk for half an hour, right? 31 points to eight. And field goal talks about the first half field goal. Last play in the first half, it's 30 to eight. Kevin McGuinness, 30 metres out, kicks a field goal. So we go in there. Don't score a second half point. Panthers are coming. Panthers are coming. And we're leading 31 points to 26, right? And... Tony Pilatour goes berserk again. They score, right? Out near the sideline, not long to go. And I'll never forget this. Chris Hicks, who couldn't get a kick in a bloody stampede <laughs> the week before, he's kicked five from five, oh, right? Wow. And he's got this from the chalk. And I grew up with Chris Hicks. He was a Taree boy. Yeah, okay. Taree United boy. And he's a talented bloke. Great, great, he's great not a policeman now, is he? Great fella. Yeah. Great, great character. I, I, that game is really etched in my yeah. memory because it was, I think, the first time that the players were encouraged to do post try celebrations that season. Yeah. So everyone was trying to outdo everyone else. You just reminded me about something. Yes. Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking, oh, that would be the. Justin Doyle scores his first ever try in that game, right? Yep. You, you know where the old Panther used to be at the southern end? Yeah. So he scores a try, his first ever try, James, and this is what he does. He scores a try and then he blows his. He, he clinches his fist and then blows into his thumb. And gives, and gives the crowd the middle finger. <laughs> but could you imagine that today? Classic. Yeah. And yeah, nothing yeah. was said about it, right? Can, can I read out a team list? Yeah. Fullback. No, no comment on the individuals, by the no, way. No, no, no. But, but just read the team out. Yeah. Fullback, Jay Kane. Yeah. John Carlo, Owen Craigie, Terry Hill, John Hopalati, Kevin McGuinness and Craig Field were your halves. Forwards, Jason Lowry, Darren Centre, Shane Walker, Jared McCracken, Mark Stimson, Tyron Smith, Bench, Adam Nabel, Steve George Alice, Mark O'Neill, Scando and Ken McGuinness. You, you need to actually have the greatest squad because there's a few there's notable a few others, missions. Oh, I've, yeah. I've just put up a particular yeah, yeah, yeah. game yep. against, what was that, a 24-all draw against the Broncos yeah. that season. But that's, yeah. Do you remember all those games? Like if no. Adrian's had no. that game? No. 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 I'll, t- I'll tell you what my son did. I, 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 was, I nearly cried, actually. I, my son, so I've got four kids, and three of them went to great lengths to uh, celebrate Father's Day, right? And one of them was rat's ass. He did nothing. And he actually had ascertained that he was had done nothing. So he felt really bad. And what he's really good at is editing, right? He's only 12. So he stayed up all night for three hours, right? And our age group don't have clips of us playing. Yeah. And he found a handful of clips. And then the next day he presented me with an edit of my playing day. A, I was oh, proud wow. because I didn't even know he's ever seen me play. Yeah. 
and, and B, that he went to that extraordinary cool, length. Yeah. yeah. Did you keep it? Yeah, oh, of course. This was yeah. like going last week. I'm going to shame my 13-year-old son. Yeah. <laughs> Benny, I love you. But he... Um, he said, what do you want for Father's Day, Dad? I said, oh, mate, can you get us a couple of those Morrow bars? Like, they're my favourite yeah. chocolate bar. And instead he came up with a couple of Mars bars, which is which is fine. I said, oh, so, mate, did you pay for that yourself or did you hey, get well, Hey, hey stop, 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 stop. Did you just say Morrow bars? Yes. Oh, mate, come. Uh, <laughs> Bring it in, oh, sugar. Mate, yes. mate. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> it is the greatest, is the greatest chocolate bar of, of all time. time. Exactly. What's the and, difference and, between a Morrow and a Mars bar? Oh. Do, do the Pepsi challenge, Magnus. Okay. Like, honestly, like, oh, you mate. Would, like, there's, they're chalk and cheese. I couldn't even tell you if I've had a Morrow bar. It's they the are so best. Good. Chocolate on in the universe. Yes. I don't think I've had one. Sorry, so, back so, to Benny. So, so, so <laughs> oh, I, I said love to that. Benny, did you buy these yourself? Yeah. And he said, yeah, yeah. And I asked uh, my missus whether that was the case, and apparently he didn't. So, <laughs> so not only did he not get me the greatest chocolate bar of all time, oh. he took credit for somebody else's purchase. <laughs> oh, no, he took credit for someone else's error. Yeah. Oh, no. So just to cap this off, it's it's thirty points, 31 points to 26. Tony Pulitua goes berserk. It's now 31-30. Chris Hicks, who can't get a kick in a stampede, he's got a kick from the western touchline at the southern end, right? And I don't even – you know how funny – it's funny how quiet a crowd can be. There would have been 16,000, 17,000 people there. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But I'm looking at the Panther. I'm not even watching the kick because I've grown up with this bloke. If he does kick it, I don't want to see him kick it. <laughs> so I'm watching the Panther and I hear the whew, the thud of the ball. Yeah. Right? And as soon as I hear the whew, the thud, the Panther flags go up. Oh. And I felt so we got it's beat 32-31. One, one of the greatest comebacks yeah. ever. It was like it was a game of touch footy. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And it was It's so, actually one of the greatest games to watch. The tries so, were outstanding. And and everyone was like every everyone was glaring up afterwards. Yeah. It was so good. I kicked the goal. The, the goal I missed went over the post and they said no goal. I still oh. reckon I kicked that. But it's the only game in the history where a person has dummied to a touch. Judge, right? <laughs> so I was playing on the wing in this game, and Craig Field does his chip and chase, gets the ball back, shifts it out to Carlo. Carlo puts it on to Kane, and I'm the winger, right? And I've dummied outside me, which happens to be the touch <laughs> I mean, and, and no need to do that. But anyway, Did this is. Did, was well, there one well, flag up? There was one no one flag. in front of me. I, a, I didn't have to dummy, and, and B, if I was going to dummy, it didn't need to be the touch judge. For your conversion, was there one flag up and one flag No, down? no, no. I I've think seen was, that happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, very, it was very over the flag. It oh. may have been, may have not been, but somebody brought it to my attention on social media. Anyway, this is Crunch Time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects, jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. More to come after this. Oh, Bo from Camden, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you jump on this text line, 0457 <laughs> Is he dissing Morrow bars? Mate, yeah. With the hide, the audacity, <gasps> the sheer temerity, oh. the gall, right? This is what he says. Yeah. I don't know if I can say this. <laughs> Morrow Bar is Mars Bar's ugly stepsister. You'd have it there. Wasn't anything else, but it's not your first pick, Bo. I, I bet he's never had one. Anyone who's had one would never ever besmirch the Morrow bar like that. Give me the fisty. I feel I totally brother. Agree I'm with thinking, that. can we get some of these on Uber Eats or oh, something? Can from, we? Yeah. They used to be stocked at Coles, but they don't seem to have them recently. Oh, really? So I want to try we one. Need now. To, we need to get into it. G'day, boys. Triple P here, aka Perth Parapest. Loving the yarns today, boys. Don't worry about my eels. We will still take the trophy back to paradise. Get on them if you like money. Testify. So, yeah. Yeah. What what do you think? What do you actually see? You know what? I 
I'll come clean on something, right? <laughs> Murray Talungi is a cupper. He's a cupper, right? So what, what I mean by that is kick would go down, Murray Talungi, he's a cupper, right? Yeah. And I was a cupper, right? Yeah. And I think it's hereditary. I think my dad was a cupper and I think my grandfather was a cupper, right? <laughs> my father's father was a cupper. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all cuppers. And is, that, about, is this good or bad? No, no, it's bad to be a cupper. Oh, right. What's it's the so, opposite of a cupper? Well, so back in the day, the Daily Telegraph, the Daily Telegraph would publish diffused bombs. Yeah. And I was running nearly last. Yeah. Because I was a cupper, right? <laughs> then Michael Gillette had this beautiful kick on him, right? And he would practice bombs to me religiously. And then he said, why don't you practice spreading your hands, you know? So from being a cupper to being, I, I would spread my hands as fingers as far as I could, right? And I'd have them above my eyes because the ball comes down so fast, cuppers have their hands late, right? And you don't see between your eye and your hands because it's coming so quick. So if you have your hands above your eye, you can trace the ball the whole way. So I started to do that and I would extend my fingers as far as I could. And I started catching everything to the point where Daily Telegraph bombs diffused. Oh. I was number one. Wow. Right? Wow. So I reached out to Toddy Payton, right? This is ahead of the Origin series. I said, Murray's a cupper, right? <laughs> and, 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 and like me, it, it may be hereditary, you know, because he was dropping balls off the kickoff. And yep. I said, I was a cupper and it can be fixed, right? It's, it's not, if you're a cupper, it doesn't mean that you're. A cupper for life. A cupper for yeah. life. Yeah. It, it can be fixed. Yep. And, and maybe now for me doing this, yeah. My kids won't naturally be cuppers. They might be spreaders, right? Yeah, yeah. So Murray Talungi started doing it, and now he's catching everything. This is a good setup for – I can see where you're going. Who's a cupper? W. Blake. W. Blake is a cupper. Wonga! Wonga. So, <laughs> so it can be fixed in a week. Wow. They can, they can fix it in a week by by him. And, and again, it might might be hereditary. He might have come from a long family of cuppers. <laughs> the Blakes are a cupping family. Yeah, they're a cuppers. They might be yeah. cuppers. But he can he can be a spreader. Yeah. And take the paramount because that was that decided the game. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Four. The, the, Four the very dropped. first one, I thought he showed a lot of courage to actually attempt to get under it. Because I would have I would have let it, let that bounce, right? Yeah. Because there was a fair way up from their line and, and the they seem to have it well covered. But once he dropped that one, every other one was gonna come in, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And that's and what I was thinking. Let it the, bounce. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll play the winner of Canberra, Manly. Uh, Can- Canberra, Melbourne. Canberra, right. Melbourne. Canberra, yeah. Melbourne. Uh, I've got to go to a break because I can't deal with this. Bo from Camden says, I've had plenty. They are the last thing you eat at the bottom of the favourites box. Oh. They're the first thing I eat. They're in the favourites. Yes. Mm. You know what? In the favourites box for Cadbury's, what is the last thing you eat? Uh, Bo from Camden says the morrow. And don't say morrow, otherwise you'll be no. banned for life. This oh, is the run. Old gold, no good. Yeah. Oh, God. You can have your dark rubbish. chocolate. Yeah. You can have your dark chocolate. Uh, this is crunch time. More to come on the other side of this. Yes, it certainly is, and we do appreciate the support at uh, Join Robson Civil Projects, jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. So if you're after a job, check out jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Robson Civil, uh, great partners of the show. This is Crunch Time, and uh, you have James Magnus and Adrian Brezenko in the chair, so we're looking forward to that. Thedogs.com.au, home of Greyhound Racing, million dollar... Million, million. I get told I say million. Uh, million dollar chase ramping up. Goulburn and Richmond finals yesterday. Zipping Kyrgios caused the boil over. Tips of Wentworth Park tonight. Um, Simon Orchid not too far away. Yes, Maestro? That old mate. 
That's okay. Play on six to go. Doesn't matter. Uh, Simon's on the line. It's always go, a million dollar race. Yeah. Well, you can't get it, wrong. it says there. Protest upheld. So just play on. What's happening, Simon? By the oh, way, mate, I thought. Sorry, mate. I, yeah, I hope on. this protest upheld at Flemington is uh, last verse first because I'm going to need that uh, <laughs> on the back one. of our yeah yeah oh, alpha one all right wow. uh, one is in uh, no one in front of it uh, anyway no one behind it what have you got Simon? Mate, I nearly had a heart attack. I thought you said billion-dollar chase, and I thought, holy hell, what have trillion. we done? Trillion. Billion dollars. You're heading that way. <laughs> trillion-dollar chase. Yeah. Uh, mate, yeah, million-dollar chase. Regional qualifiers are wrapped up. We've got five city qualifiers tonight, 12 spots left in the semifinals next week. So tonight, this is it. It's literally crunch time. Um, I know uh, tonight there's some wonderful dogs running around, but some great dogs are going to miss out. She's a pearl defending champ. She's in tonight's city qualifiers. Panama Pepper from WA. Orchestrate, the best dog from Queensland. There's a bunch of Victorians. So it's all happening at Wensey Park tonight, and it's their last chance. Five heats, mm. 12 dogs go through semifinals next week. Now, our man Magnuson, he's got the phone out. He's got the app ready to go. Um, <laughs> oh, I follow Simon so closely. So yeah. one, one from two last week, Simon. What so did you I- say in the ad break? You don't care where it I is. I don't care where we're running no. to, tonight. I don't care if you give me a dog at... Um, you know, Port Macquarie local beach. As long as it's a it's a decent it's a decent chance. You got it. You got us one from two last week. And to be fair, the one you were most keen on won comfortably. So give me something, Simon. They don't draw um, pictures in the resulted bet slip, do they? No, no, no. That's what he's saying, Simon. What What do you got? I got you. I, I got you covered, boys. Yeah. Look, we got three tonight. So hopefully we can at least get two of the three. Race one. Get your money early. Number seven, Zipping Novak, two eighty to three sixty. Don't worry about that. Really good dog, smart pup. One eight of fifteen. He's already he's already close to fifty thousand dollars from fifteen starts. He's broken thirty seconds three times at Wenty Park. That's the magic mark. Uh, he ran second and mortified last week, boys. She's airborne and she's about a fifteen dollar chance for the million dollar chase final. So he's clearly the dog to beat. He's drawn out wide. I reckon he's going to be uh, run a really big race. So race one number seven, Zipping Novak. Race five, number three, Divine Empress. This is our best of the city qualifiers in the million-dollar chase. Uh, she's a really, really good dog. She's a group three winner at track and trip from earlier in the year. She's only missed the top two boys three times in her 20-start career. Uh, she's riding a three-win streak as well, and she's drawn perfectly in three. She'll run really well. Race five, number three, Divine Empress. And if you like a bit of value, and if you've got the first two up, maybe you can have a go at race seven, number two, Father Rick. Look, opened at $11 a couple of days ago, into $8 now, $2.10 the place, so there's still each way odds. This, this is the race with Orchestrate in it. Uh, we've got a new bloke on our staff called The Cooler, and he basically lays a dog oh. uh, each night, and he's laid Orchestrate. His so name's not David Kane, is it? My dad. He, he can get anything beaten. <laughs> it, could, it could well be. Yeah. Um, but Orchestrate, they reckon, can't win. So take race seven, number Ooh. two, Father Rick. He's a, he's a tough dog. He's drawn in two, which will suit him. He's just got to get to get to the fence at some stage in the first 100 metres or so, and I reckon he'll run a really good race. So race seven, number two, Father Rick, the best ruffie on the program at Wenty Park tonight. Very, very good. Uh, now just before you go, Simon, uh, we do appreciate that. Is there anything else you got, by the way? Um, no other tips. I'm up and about, boys. I've yeah. been. I've got every man's best best um, best advice uh, best message came through this morning. Bucks party invite. Oh, I'm really. Raring at the bit. Oh, I hey, just one for here, and I don't know whether it's a, it's a bet or it's not a bet. But uh, Young Werder is has had some specking for the Melbourne Cup, 
Uh, it's about to race in three and a half minutes. So I'm not tipping Young Werder, but I do know it's been specced for the Melbourne Cup. So clearly uh, a few smart people think it's going okay. Maybe one to consider. Just before you go, Simon, we have had uh, ask our listeners, when you get the box of favourites, you know, the Cadbury favourites, mm-hmm. what's the absolute last one? So you, you sort of have a few on day one and then <laughs> you get to the end of the week. And what's at the bottom not been touched? Mate, I've still got old gold rolling around in the cupboard yes, around about 18 yes. off loads worth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely dead, stone motherless last. Yeah, no, that, that's right. That's why you're such a good tipster. You, you know what's going on. Good on you, Simon. We appreciate it, mate. Have a great weekend, boys. Who are it? Say uh, hi to Kitty Chiller for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, the great Catherine, Kitter, uh, Catherine Chiller. Is that Kitty Chiller? I don't know if her name is Catherine or Kitty. Well, I well, no, no, Kitty. No, every Kitty's a Catherine. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. No one's born Kitty. <laughs> no. <laughs> this no. might be the first. <laughs> no, 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 no. No one's born Kitty. Anyway, I'm breaking back. Text us in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, welcome back. Uh, crunch time all thanks to Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Call, you make the show, one three hundred oh one. 1170-0457-736-736. And you can tweet, slide on into the DMs. Tweet at 1170SEN. Just before we get to our next guest, who is the best caller in the game at the moment, uh, these coming through. Cadbury Dream is, for me, always left in the favourites packet. Not a fan of white chocolate. Old gold is an early pick, along with the Morrow. The Morrow is the Dallium winner. Yep. What, have you, what do you think? I can't. I honestly can't think what it tastes like. I don't know if I have. No, but what, had one. what would you say that you leave alone in the favourites box? Oh, cherry ripe, Turkish delight. Yeah. Any of those ones can't stand them. I, I go straight for the white chocolate. That's my first pick. Yep. Yeah. Uh, McHugh's had his say as well, which I'll round up very, very shortly. In a Cadbury favourites box, the Turkish delight are the West Tigers with the Morrow. Evan Siri's trying to get involved here. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Morrow is the New Zealand Warriors, says David. Sinai. Warriors is the Penrith Panthers, David. Joel, like you, I have four kids. I never see the last chocolate in a box of favourites, says Bunny David. There's plenty there, which we'll mop up after this, but we must get to our next guest. As I said, the number one call in rugby league. He served a massive apprenticeship, and uh, he is a top of the calling castle, and he's on the line. Uh, Andrew Voss, good afternoon. Very kind of you, Joel. And, and fellas, yeah, I'm just dairy milk chocolate, so I'll, I'll get to the box first. I'm not, mm. I don't, <laughs> I don't share. No. <laughs> I, I do. I, I share the rest once I've had what I want out of yes. it. Then you yeah. can go for it. And, and the turkey's delight tomorrow, they're all left there. The cherry ripe, they're all left behind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Vossi, you got the opportunity, and, and I love how, you know what, he's a true purist right he's a bloke who grew up wanting to call and he appreciates what he's been given so people will watch the game it's Panthers taking on Parramatta and he has been entrusted to deliver this game from his part to the audience and and always does it magnificently well but you're there last night Vossi after all these years you had a birthday during the week happy birthday by the way (laughs) do you you, do you still appreciate uh what uh, you're doing yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I do. I feel very blessed. Um, I, I just love calling. Uh, you know, I, I, people say, you know, what about you know, you're excited? You, you haven't you haven't actually called an Origin game? Well, no, yeah. but I get as excited calling a game at Leichhardt Oval round yeah. two as I do a big match in front of fifty thousand fans at, at you know at Suncorp. Um, it just it's my dream job. It mightn't be everyone's, yep. but for me, it is. Um, and and it's not you know it's not work. I mean, I joke I'd do it for nothing. 
obviously I'm, I'm happy to have it. It's, it's a very fortunate position to be in that it's your it's your income. But you know, it's I'm very lucky and have a supportive wife and family. They know that yeah, you know, your weekends get taken up, and it has been all my life, uh, all my working life. Um, but you know, it it is it's so much fun. I mean, the the, the work is the preparation, and I'm you know, meticulous in that. But the actual calling. I say it's like going on a Bucks weekend every weekend. You know, you're with a great bunch of, well, you do. You work with a great bunch of mates. You're at the game. You're talking football. You're talking a lot of you-know-what as well, BS and well around it. And then the actual calling of the game, I'm a lunatic. I mean, I, I just get so absorbed in the game. Anything can come out. I, yep. I had no idea, uh, Vossi. I've known you for many, many years, and you've had this analogy with the Bucks, buddy. Adrian, I had no idea after all these years he calls the game nude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the throwover. Yeah. Vossi, um, you know, you, we've we've blown a lot of smoke up you this this morning, this afternoon. But uh, coming from, and this is on behalf of all Parramatta fans, you had one job for us last <laughs> night, one job, Vossi, and one you job. didn't yeah. uh, fulfil your obligations. I'm very, very yeah, disappointed. Well, well, Adrian, we're going to have to review the juju. There's going to, have to be a comprehensive juju review. I would say that perhaps. Perhaps the juju only replies to regular season. That was the juju. Until next year, we're not going to know. Yeah. But I was, I must say, as mm. commentator last night, it's hard in the runner play, but I even, well, no, I suppose during the runner play, and I said it a number of times in my commentary last night, I was waiting for Dylan Brown. I was waiting mm. for Clint Gutherson mm. to actually come into the game, and, and they didn't. They didn't. I don't think the superstar players of the Parramatta side produced any superstar plays at all, and Penrith, well, different, you know, the actual contrast there, Cleary stepped up. Was um, he... You know, Brian Tottle stepped up. And I don't know whether the Parramatta key men did. Did you have any Penrith fans trying to run you off the road or anything on your <laughs> travels to the stadium last night to well, stop the juju? Well, well Miss I've been happy to engage in it. I mean, it's been a, it is a very curious statistic. Like, but Parramatta, without me calling, again, was 6-8 and eight this year. Like, that's, yeah. that's ridiculous. But a commentator can call them 10 times they win 10. And some of that against, you know, high-quality opposition, Melbourne twice, Penrith. And then without me calling, they were 6-8. and eight. So it was worth a story. Dean Ritchie ran it in the Telegraph. Was. And it was, it, was, it was all good fun because yeah. it's the most unusual thing. But when it got down to it, I, I actually tipped Penrith on air yesterday morning to win. I, I just think, you know, they, they, are the, they are the benchmark and have been not just this year, last year. It's the year before as well. It's three years of absolute excellence. So they're going to have to play poorly to beat them. They are going to have to drop their guard for anyone to beat them. Because if Penrith play the way they can, I don't think anyone does beat them. It's as simple as that. And last night, they got it right. Their completion rate, and completion rates aren't the be-all and end-all, but they are when you're completing it. You know, Penrith are completing it close to 90 and Parramatta are down in the 60s. Of course that's going to be Well, we had Ga- Gal on yesterday. Yeah, we had Gal on yesterday, and his concern was... Uh, the Sharkies, uh, the gunslingers, you know, they, they, they like to throw the ball around, which which is suitable for this time of year. But when you keep yeah. throwing the ball around like that, he was concerned about, you know, you need to complete. You just need to play the yep. percentage football. Uh, but I can see where this is going, Vossi. So 10 in a row, Parramatta, where you've called them. <laughs> now it's going to yep. be regular season. Then they're going to lose a game away and it's going to be, okay, the, when Vossi calls them at uh, Combank Stadium and then it's going to be, <laughs> yep. you, you know, as long as there's a player in the team who's a Sagittarian, you know. <laughs> no. But, you, you use the end in two. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. 2032 yeah, before yeah, yeah, the yeah. comes into play again. Yeah. But in all honesty, and I, I totally agree with what you're saying around Penrith, where 
but they still have to come up with a near-perfect 160 minutes. And I've said a long time, Vossi, and you've watched more football than me. I reckon I've watched more football than nearly anyone, but you've watched more than me. I just have a concern, and I said this to one of the parents of one of the players because they said, how do you think we're going to go this year? Last year said they'll win it. I thought, I reckon they're better off losing the first round. And it sounds sort of ridiculous, but... I am concerned they may be shot ducks. Yes, they blew away the game in the end, but it was two drop yeah. balls from Wunga Blake. I don't want to hammer Wunga Blake, but there wasn't much in the game, you know, and they're no, not no, unbeatable. No, I agree with that. But but you've got to say that where where the championship quality in total review of the match last night is when they were reduced yep. to 12 men. Yes. They had an extra gear to go to. Yep. And Parramatta didn't. And, and, you know, Penrith dominated Parramatta in that period of 10 minutes. And it wasn't that Parramatta didn't have field position. They had a couple of sets up there on Penrith's line and couldn't make a dent. And Penrith actually scored while they had 12 men. I mean, if I was to go back and look at a post-mortem, you know, that, could you say that's where Penrith won it? Well, that's yeah. where they avoided losing it. Because if they dropped their bundle there, Parramatta put on a couple of tries. Totally different story. But they, they dominated that period and scored as well. So that was from Penrith. And you're right about light on. So now you get the week off. It's going to be quite incredible. We're talking about Luai Cleary three three games in ten weeks when they get to week three of the finals. Yeah. That is, yep. That's so much football, is it? That's, th- that's not much at all. If they get there, I'm, I'm convinced they win it, Adrian. But I, I do think there is a potential for them to be shot ducks in the prelim. If they get there, they win mm. it. Uh, but anyway. Vossi, I'm interested. What Was it wet out there? Because... I think Parramatta's best chance was if they played offload football and they won the offload battle something like 11 to 5. But did the conditions, were they sort of conducive to throwing the ball around, to yeah. popping the pass and risking it? Because I don't think if you go set to set in an arm wrestle with Penrith that you beat them. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what I observe. Like, so you, you equate those offload numbers and we did the same in commentary, but I don't know whether it was really quality offload. It wasn't mm. really promoting to get in to advance your position down the field. There was a few push passes and, and kept it alive, but not the offloading um, result of previous week. So I'd, I'd probably ignore that stat, to be honest. I thought Penrith went in, and, and this is very amateur stuff. I've never played the big matches, but I watched it. And I thought, even from the opening set, it wasn't a helter-skelter. Like, you think of Origin 3, you think of South Roosters, the big hit, where if anything could go wrong, blokes get knocked out because they're all rushing in. Penrith probably went in with a mentality, no, let's do effective tackling. Yes, they were hitting hard, but they were not careless or reckless in rushing in and third man has to come in at a rate of knots. They were very effective in their defence and resetting their defensive line. And I just think that that was a a deliberate ploy by them. If you come out at 1,000 miles an hour, then we've seen it in so many big matches. You know, you end up with something going wrong or whatever, or you can burn yourself out possibly as well. I just thought it was a really calculated performance. Now, Parramatta, I'm not saying they're gone now because I think they need to have a really good sit-down and see how that game unfolded. You're right, Joel. There wasn't... Yeah, they did lead at one point in the Mm. second half. It is 8-7. It's not like they were absolutely blown off the park. But when Penrith did get going, there was no question in my mind Parramatta couldn't go with them. And I I was... And I'm still struggling today to to think of why that was. Mm. And I can and I and I'm sorry if I'm putting pressure on the big players, but they've had great years. Gutherson, Brown, were not factors last night, and I'm not sure why that was. Is that Penrose defence? Did they have a little off night? Did they were they in the right space? I don't know. But um, yeah, Moses going off was a big blow to them, but 
it was the lack of big plays from the big players that I think was the, the biggest factor I took out of the match. The big story all week, Vossi, was Taylor May. Now it looks like he might miss a game anyway. <laughs> it was almost yeah. inconsequential him playing, wasn't it? Well, you know, I, I, I joke in commentary. There's probably people watching thought that he could have served the sin bin in round three next year. They <laughs> 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 could have held it over. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's just bizarre what's, what's mm. unfolded last oh, week. The more ridiculous. you think about it, the more you just scratch it. Ridiculous. Though, the hell? I mean, that's just, you know, it's as silly as the, the, the marks, under, the tattoos he's now got under the eyes. He might yeah, I saw but, that. Um, what's it, a yeah, love heart under his eye? Where did really? they come from? Where did they come from? Like, I thought he's got mud on his face. <laughs> did you see that, Joe? No, I did, I did not. He's got he's got a love heart like with a like a, a bolt you know, like a broken love heart yeah. under his eye oh, on his face. No thanks. It's like a prison tattoo. Yeah. You would have thought the next tattoo we'd get would be a premiership one. Like that's yeah. the next time they'd be going to the tattoo parlor yeah. rather than going beforehand yeah. as a final series. Yeah. The, the problem unfold. with that tat was. Um, my girlfriend said to me while we were watching the game, she'd heard me, heard of me and Vossie speaking about midweek about this Taylor May who was going to, uh, you know, it's backslam someone in a pub or something. Oh, yeah. And as he yeah. came on screen, she didn't even know who the player was. She goes, I bet that's the guy that backslammed a guy. <laughs> <wasn't> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, because he popped uh, up on screen with this tattoo on his oh, face. Yes. And, and she goes, that's the guy, isn't it? And the, oh, wow. the big rat's tail. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He hasn't done himself any favours. No, no, but anyway, as, as to that situation, I mean, with a, with a tackle, I mean, when, when watching it live, as I called it, I didn't, but then went to a replay, I think, uh, had uh, very little question. I thought they got lucky in the second half. I thought Spencer Lemieux, um, I, I probably need an explanation as to why he didn't get sin bin. I thought yeah. his, his, his um, headshot was far more forceful than Taylor Mays, to be honest. Um, but anyway, that's uh, by the by now. Um, Taylor May's situation, well, I can't offer you any explanation and nor could I even attempt to offer any defence of the NRL's position on, on what they are allowed to happen. I, I, I find it... It's, it's as ridiculous as anything we've come across and by gee, there's some contenders for ridiculous things. Oh, hey, Vossi, I, um, I've never been a big fan of how we do the Dalliams. I, I love the award. No. But... Yeah. My, my solution to it is that each broadcaster on the game provide their 3 two, one and we all throw it in the mill. And what it does is it irons out the clangor. So you don't have a clangor in the game, right? So, um, which we've seen, which can decide an award. But that all said, I have great respect for commentators, both in tipping and, and how they appraise the game because they're watching it so closely uh, with a laser-like view. Regarding disregarding Metricons, disregarding Dally M's, who do you actually believe has been, given all the football you've watched in 2022, who do you believe has been the best player in the competition? Well, he didn't have possibly his best night last night, from, but from all the Penrith games I've done, Dylan Edwards has been outstanding. I mm. mean, he's just, his level of consistency has been amazing. That's why you get such a shock last night now, because he used to have errors in his yeah, game. You can remember some, some poor ones, but... The last few seasons, he's just been so good. And that's why it was a shock last night when he suddenly um, has, has a drop ball or two. So, Dylan Edwards has been very, very good. So, if he if he got your player of the year, um, that would come as no surprise. I don't know whether there's anyone at Melbourne um, that would stand out. Well, they've finished outside the four at the Sharks. Um, Nico Hines has obviously been uh, very good, very good. But has he been better than Dylan Edwards? I say no. So, I'm using Edwards as my benchmark for games that I've done. Yep. Um, working through the Cowboys, a, a team effort. You know, Cowboys performances spread across, you know, a number of players. I noticed from their own. I was quite surprised. Jason Tamalola got voted their player of the year. Well, okay. I thought, really? Right. Jason Tamalola. Well. Um, whereas the player's player was Tom Dearden. 
And I said, yeah, well, that, that sort of makes sense as well. But that just shows you the difference of opinion. That's probably my view of the Cowboys. It's Reese Robson, I'd probably have as their best. I haven't seen him play yeah. a bad game. Um, but is he gone better than Dylan Edwards? Probably not. <laughs> and then I go through um, the, uh, the, 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 the Parramatta side and they say, well, Moses has been good. Dylan Brown's been outstanding. Has he accumulated enough points to go past Dylan Edwards? Maybe not. Yep. So I've worked my way down Dylan Edwards. But, but I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a 3-2-1 fan. No. So, no. you know, you know a, a good player in, you know, a, a, to, to be fair, a good player in the Titans-Warriors last week, does that match up to, you know, Correct. the best player on ground at a Melbourne v Penrith game? Correct. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I used no, to play. I used to play golf at Barney Park. It was a par three golf course. Very, very easy. <laughs> you, you've got to appraise the course you're playing, and and yeah. and yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. But but Vossi, we are very, very happy to have your time on a Saturday. We appreciate it, and and I meant what I said at the start. You, you are the best commentator in the game, and you love the game, which is even more so. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoy your Saturday. Well, I you know I apologise, Parramatta, if I have let you down. Well. <laughs> Trust me, what I have learned over the years, and, and I've been on the end of the brunt of criticism, yeah. and they say, why don't you say that? Well, commentators don't actually decide games no, um, no, at all. No, that's <laughs> right. Things say, like Gus Gould's opinion all that doesn't actually you know, decide yes. what he says in commentary if he says something. Oh, you're uh, biased. But, 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 I, but I'm happy to be the whipping boy today because it's all good fun. Um, you know, and Parramatta's still alive. Uh, who's to say in two weeks' time we're not having a chat at the same time talking about, well, Parramatta, can they win tonight? You know, yep. that could be the case. Yep, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's the, I put it this way, I'll finish on this. I still stand by it. This is the best week one matchups we've ever had in all my time following rugby league where we've had the, the format system anyway. You know, all four games, absolute belters, and I can't wait for the two uh, this afternoon and tonight. And I'm calling Roosters Rabbitohs tomorrow and can't wait to call that. I'm as excited about that game tomorrow as I am when I called my first game, you know, 30 years ago. I, I totally agree with everything you said. I was actually torn. So the big article in the Daily Telegraph was the Juju Parramatta. But I also knew here at SEN, <laughs> last week he had interviewed Michael Checker, who lost to New Zealand after flogging him the week before. Oh, He'd interviewed Alex on. Carey, who went on to lose to Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he interviewed yeah, Philip yeah. Lowe, the, the um, RBA governor. Rates went up 50 uh, points. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, you're the kiss of death now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Vossi, well done, mate, on, on what you've achieved to this point, and uh, we're very privileged to have you here on the Crunch Time. Uh, good to be on the show, um, and uh, Joel, look after James. He's a, he's a bit of a weird fish, uh, yeah. James Magnus. <laughs> well, he's got this tattoo of a uh, love heart on his eye. But anyway, uh, yes, this is Crunch Time. James Magnus and Adrian Prezenko, the great Vossi. What if you missed all of that chat? Catch up on the podcast. SEN League is the way to do that. More to come on the other side of this. Follow Crunch Time on Dabble. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, he's back on the winner's list again. There's Scotty Statler. Well done. Another big win for you. Oh, it was great, Joshy. You know, it's always good when you win. But uh, last week, yeah, a good victory. It was uh, New Zealand Warriors versus the Gold Coast Titans. A $9 multi with... Uh, the Gold Coast winning and Alexander Brimston scoring and also both for more. So, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a good afternoon last week. I was very excited when I saw the text message come through. I thought, oh, geez, he's up and about, which is great to see. You know, there's a pep in your step, which we're, we're absolutely loving. Um, let's have a chat about the uh, Crunch Time NRL team because you finally got them on the back foot at the moment. They've got a couple of bets today that they want to have a look at. Let's see what you think about this one. Uh, Storm to win. Munster. Coke to score any time, as well as Cotterick. 
that same thirteen dollars plus they've gone the Sharks and the uh, the Cowboys uh, under fifty and a half points and a couple of try scorers as well. Yes, yeah, an interesting one. That Melbourne Raiders one's an interesting one because the Canberra Raiders got such a great record against the Storm in Melbourne. So mm. I expect the Melbourne Storm to win that. Yeah, some pretty safe bets there in relation to try scores as well. Xavier Coates, you expect to, to get um, a four-pointer, especially off, off the kicks, which he's so good under. And the... Sharks and Cowboys game. Another real interesting one. Tough to win at Shark Park. Mm. They've had a great record, but they've had a really soft run in home towards the finals. From about round 21, a real soft run in the Sharks. Probably the best the best run in for all the teams. Um, and both very good defensive sides. So the unders yeah. is a really smart bet. Yeah, what do you reckon about the Storm at the moment? They've had a bit of trouble, obviously, at the end of the season. Obviously, a lot of players out of position. Do you, do you, do you see them getting up today? I do see them winning, um, not as easily as what a lot of people anticipate, but Munster mm. back at six, and they've got Nick Meany at fullback. But most importantly, if they've got Jerome Hughes back, he has been named, he's the, he's the key to that side. If he's not there, everything else falls apart around them. So um, mm. I expect them to win, but not by much. And you've got a, a rocket bet up today, do you? Yeah, rocket bet in that game. Um, Any time try scorer, Jack White or... Also, uh, Cam Munster, all about the Sixers. So, um, both love their running game. And, you know, the strike rate in big games is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's paying $2.60. And you're on a, on a bit of a winner at the moment. So, I mean, yeah, you got to back in, don't you? <laughs> I've also, also got one in the, uh, the Sharks and Cowboys. Now, like I said, I, I'm not... Not too keen on the Sharks run into the finals, even though they've got a really good home record. So I've gone the Cowboys to win head-to-head. I've got yep. um, Kyle Felt to any time's try scorer. Now, he's a six-foot-three winger up against a five-foot-three winger at Connor Tracy. So I'm thinking Kyle Felt may score a try off a cross-field kick. And also Val Holmes, any time try scorer. And we see him in big games. He comes up with, with really crucial plays. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you're the man that's been doing all the research at the moment. That's what we love about Dabble, of course. The experts do the work, and you just have to follow them. So you can uh, check out what Stats has got on his account. He's on a winner at the moment, so Stats 13. And, of course, you can check out the uh, Crunch Time NRL team as well. There's uh, also a try score multi up there, so you can have a look at that today as well. Uh, copy bet with one click. You can go on, have it Dabble. Dabble socially and gamble responsibly, Stats. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoying Crunch Time Banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time Bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. It certainly is. Gary Belcher will join us after 2 o'clock. We're looking forward to that. Now, this bloke here, I mean, fair thing, he's good, isn't he? So I asked him, I said, mate, I've got to do this half marathon, which I'm committed to. Birthday's coming up. I just want to shave a few kegs off, right? People are getting into me about this second chin. So I'm wearing makeup under here. It's called shadowing, you know, and <laughs> really? I'm just trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to keep the tune out, you know. Anyway. Um, that sounds easier than doing a half marathon. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so I had, ironically, I was having a few beverages when I enrolled into the half marathon 10 weeks ago and oh, sat there with a few mates and here's the plan. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then I found myself two weeks out and I hadn't done any of it, right? But I am, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm man of my word, I'm going to do it, Right. So I said to James Magnus, I said, mate, I need to get this done. He said, you need a huge calorie deficit, right? So I'm going no sugars for 10 days. 
And then this bloke here, <laughs> he turns up. <laughs> no, no, actually, not this bloke. You blokes. Mm. So you turn up with this bowl of chips and this magnificent fried chicken burger, right? Yeah. And, and a big, big chocolate thick shake. Big shake. Big shake, to, to <laughs> and a big shake right? Yeah, Calorie yeah. deficit hashtag. Mm. You, Adrian, mm. before, which I reckon actually beats this. Yeah, it oh, smelled better. So oh, it was leftover. It was the other, other KFC, Korean fried chicken. So oh. we had a bit of leftovers last night. Oh, soy garlic. Oh. So good. So I've been sitting there. <laughs> my mouth has not stopped salivating. Yeah. Um, well, the aromas too. Like it's only a small oh. studio. So Have you got a, an event planned for after... The half, like the celebration yeah, drinks, yeah, so you yeah, got to reward yourself. We'll have a That's few, but, but 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 what I've got to be mindful of. So in 2010, I did a marathon, yeah, and it was the day after. Remember the famous Roosters Tigers game? Went to the extra, Anasta Field goal, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Sean Kennedy Dow races away yeah, from yeah. the from the intercept. north. Yeah, he, he got an intercept on the north western corner, and he yep. scores in the southeastern corner. Right, so he ran the diagonal. But the next day, I ran a marathon, 42 kilometres. And by lunchtime, I was absolutely needing subtitles. Wow. Yeah, okay. Because you get so excited. The adrenaline's yeah. pumping. And yeah. Um, have you done a marathon? No. No. Never. City to Surf is the furthest I've done. How would you enjoy that? Didn't enjoy it. Was that this year? Uh, no. It was the year I retired. So I'd never run more than five kilometres in my life. Oh, you spoke about Rose. Yeah. Rose sailed and, through. And yeah. She, Rose signed me up for it and then left me to run it on my own. But hated it. Uh, just, I've never been a comfortable runner. No. Um, and I think it's uh, – I'm going to do the City to Surf next year. Heard it here first because yeah. we live in Bondi now. Yeah. And the City to Surf runs straight past the top of my street. So the other weekend I come out and all the runners you are coming out. You've got out that look? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's and I was good, like, oh, I feel jealous. I feel like I'm missing out on yeah, something by yeah, not yeah. being a part of it. So I said next year I'll do the City to Surf. Do you still have that mentality, which I had? So what, what I've derived, boys, is clearly I don't train at the moment, right? Well, I'm doing a little bit and I have actually lost a couple of kilos. But doing a bit of walking, walk running, that sort of thing. They're not breaking any records. Anyway, when I was playing, I was amongst the best trainers in the team. So I think I'm a pack animal. I like being part of a pack. Okay. But you leave, pack. Yeah, you leave me to my own devices, uh, it's not going to happen. You yeah, know? Okay. I think I'm a pack animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team sport. But you clearly are no, not a pack animal. No, I'm not. No. And I, I always – so my thing in training was – and. The secret uh, to my success um, as a swimmer was I'd always find out, for example, in, in our squad, we'd have middle distance swimmers. Yes. So I'd sit there at the start of the season and go, my goal is to beat all the middle distance swimmers in the middle distance At sets, their level. At their... at their stuff. Wow. I want to do, I want to beat the distance swimmers at the distance stuff in training. I want to beat the, the best sprinters in the sprint sets. I want to beat the butterflies in the butterfly sets. Wow. So I'd set out, I'd set little personal battles to beat everybody at everything they were good at. And that was, that was my driving motivation was I, I felt like I always had to be the best at every facet so that when I raced, I knew I was the fittest, I knew I was the fastest, I knew I had the best skills. Um, and that, that was what kind of gave me peace of mind when I go into a race. So I'm, I'm probably the opposite to where yeah. I'm so individual that I'm yeah. picking up all my squad mates. Wow. But what yeah. about now where you're owning a gym and you're doing fitness classes and it's a whole group mentality where you yeah. need to lift each other? Has that been? Yeah, oh, I, love that, I love that stuff as well. But like today we, we had a few of the big boys in. A few guys bigger than me, and uh, I'm, I start looking over, <laughs> and then I'm adding weight to the bar. They're looking yeah. over there. So same thing. I'm still very competitive, and uh, I hate 
I hate taking up anything and not being the best at it. So I just right. get obsessive to the point where, you know, I'll, I'll be going online comparing what I'm doing at the gym to the weightlifting at the Olympics going, oh, I'm pathetic. I need to, you know, increase my strength by X amount. Um, that's just the way my brain works. It's it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> One of my sons, just on that competitiveness, and he's so competitive, he's got to win everything right. And and to this point, he basically has the one. And without being a wanker dad, being a wanker dad, I'm saying that. But he's done a lot of work on his sprints. And, and, and he's quick, right? But he's not uh, elite quick. Whereas his mother, Kobe, she was like Olympic trials quick. You know, she was yep. quick. And I was handy. But he ran in the zone, right? And in the in the uh, heat, the kid who ultimately goes on to win it won by a good few meters. Like he, he's legit quick. Yeah. And then in the final, the so he ran a time in that which would have had him run second in the final, right? But he ran like seventh or eighth in the final, and nowhere near the time he ran ran in the in the first heat. And I said to Covey, I, rec- I said, I reckon he needs to win. You know, he, he, he's so competitive, he needs to win. And athletically, he couldn't possibly beat this kid who was too good for him. Yeah. So if he can't win, he, he didn't he give his... killer instinct. Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. I reckon, that's, I reckon <coughs> Nick Kyrgios has got that. Yeah. If he can't win, he will look for an excuse, whether it be him, you know, shaking his fist at the clouds or, or having a go at his box or whatever else. I reckon... If he can't win, he opts out mentally. Oh, I reckon he opted out. I, I reckon that because in these things you're up against yourself and his time was nowhere near yeah. his final time. But he knew in his head yeah. that in the space of an hour, he can't overturn the table with the kid who ultimately goes on to win it. But Send him my way. Where, whereas, I'll have a chat to him. Whereas, and I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but whereas if he was in another heat, he probably wins that yeah, without that yeah. kid and then he probably finishes second in the final Yeah, because he doesn't know that this kid's too good for him. You know this b- bizarre thing I had in, had in my head? So uh, I always say to younger kids, like, I never won a race that I didn't think I was going to win. Right. So my uh, the, bizarrely throughout my career, like I'd, I'd do pre-season a 200 freestyle and it's not my event. And I'd be standing behind the blocks. You might have the Olympic champion or something from 200 freestyle. And as I get up on those blocks, I'm thinking, I'm, not only do I think I'm going to win, I'm convinced. I'm like, I'm about yeah. to win this race. People are going to start calling me a 200 freestyler after I win this. That's yeah, how wow. convinced I am yeah, in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Remember I did 100 butterfly at nationals one year in a relay. And I'm swimming down the, the lap going, I, I wonder if I was in the Olympic final against Phelps, how close I'd go. Yeah. I'm, I'm that convinced in my own wow. head wow. that I'm going to win everything. And I, I think it's a skill you have to be careful, and you know I, I obviously struggled with it at times during my life that it didn't seep outside of swimming into general yep. life. Yep. But I used to be able to convince myself that I was going to win every race I entered, hmm. um, to to the point where I'd do events that were anyone else watching were going, "There's no way you can win it," but I'm getting on that block going, "I'm about to win this." Well, yeah. Did you ever, like, because you're about to stand on the blocks and you're doing that final limbering up, or whatever else? Did you ever sledge? Any, is there ever, any ever sledging as you're stepping onto the blocks or as you're walking from the uh, locker room or any of that stuff? We, we used to have a little bit of sledging. So uh, in 2010, uh, the New South Wales Institute of Sport bought all these swimmers to New South Wales and made what they called a super squad. 
So they brought Eamon Sullivan from West Australia, Libby Trickett from Queensland, Andrew Lauderstein from Melbourne. Uh, all the best swimmers, uh, Jeff Hugel, they brought mm. to Sydney as well, and they put them all in this squad at Homebush. At that same time, there was a young up-and-coming squad with a bunch of 17, 18-year-old kids, and I was part of that. Right. And we used to look at them and think, you know, that's, that's where we want to get to. And we used to go head-to-head to with them a bit in training. And because we're young and up-and-coming, we're super hungry, and we pick them off a few times in training. And then I remember one time they said, all right, we're going to do a time trial on this given day, uh, first event up, 100 freestyle. So Eamon gets up, and he's got the maybe the world record, the Australian record at the time, and I said, I'll, I'll do that and step up against Eamon. Just slung a little bit of chat his way. I can't remember what it, I can't remember exactly. I think he might have been sponsored by Audi. And I said, geez, I, I'm going to look good in that Audi after this oh, one, Eamon, or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just slung a little bit yep. and, uh, and then dusted him. Wow. <laughs> and the coach of that squad from then on banned any racing outside, oh, really? of, uh, outside of Olympic trials Internal. or whatever, internally banned any racing from then on because it rocked Eamon's confidence but that's, so much. Well, he I, needs it, to deal with that. I yeah. mean, he's going to, like, wouldn't that have been better? And you, you, you know the funny thing? From that day on, I'd never beaten Eamon before. From that day on, he never beat me again for the rest of his career. Is that right? That's right. We, we need to break, but uh, just before we do so, I, I actually think now, knowing you... And your competitiveness, and you said that you get to the blocks, and there was not a race you won where you didn't know you were going to win. Yeah. The part that Eamon Sullivan played in your career is huge because he had achieved what he achieved. Yeah. And then when you knew you could conquer him, it gave you the belief that you could do whatever you wanted to do. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is Crunch Time. Yes, welcome back to Crunch Time. Brought to you by Robson Civil Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Now. We're talking about, you know, who you support when you're younger. When I was a young punk, I just loved the Canberra Raiders. And, and my eldest boy, I've got four kids, the eldest boy, he loves the Cowboys because they were the successful team coming through around 2015 when you're at that age where you're being influenced. My youngest one loves the Melbourne Storm for the same really? reason. Yep, That's a controversial one. Yes, mm. yes. And I love the Canberra Raiders and, and largely because this bloke here, um, Gary Belcher, who's on the line, the great Gary Belcher. Badge, how are you, mate? You're too nice, sugar. How are you, mate? How are you? Well, you, it's something... Did you say that before every guest, lads? Yes. Uh, great to have... That's been very kind today, actually. Great to have Glenn Lazarus on the program. Uh, no, but Badge, I... Yeah, I, I just... You, something you probably don't think about, you know. Like, you win these grand finals and you don't think about the 10 or 11-year-old kid who's just... It's changed their lives, their weeks... Um, how fond are those memories at this time? In fact, I was telling the boys earlier, Badge, where my very, very first game that I'd ever seen live, we'd got a seven-hour uh, drive from Lake Cargillia. We turn up to the Sydney Football Stadium. We have the worst seats in the house, which I think is the best seat in the house. And you guys go and beat Manly in a prelim. Gary Coyne scores four. Do you remember that day? Oh, I do. Yeah. I do. The great Gary Coyne is... Walking back with that big goofy look on his face, Ooh. with holding four fingers up. Um, <laughs> what a player he was! Yeah, it was a, yeah, that was a really special time. It's um, you know throughout the the late eighties for the Raiders. Um, Mal and I arrived, and a few other players, Stevie Walters and uh, Steve Jackson and Pete and Kevy and yeah, lots and lots of players arrived, and it didn't take long to to start to gel. But yeah, by the late late eighties, it was. Um, it was well. Looking back now, it was really the peak time for the Raiders, wasn't it? Of course, in that win again in 
in 1994. But uh, yeah, really, really fond memories, mate. We were lucky. You sometimes take it for granted when you, you know, you're playing finals uh, sort of year after year, and we did. I think four out of five years there, we were in the in the big games. Badge, uh, you mentioned lucky, and and you do need luck, whatever you do, whatever vocation. We've got listeners now who are listening and they're in their current roles and there's a reason why they've landed in their current roles. Sliding doors, some would say. What what was the sliding door moment that led you to the Raiders and and ultimately changes your life? Uh, Well, I was, yeah, I was talking to a few clubs actually when I was at South in Brisbane over a couple of seasons and I didn't want to leave, I just wanted to stay at stay and play at my, my footy club in Brisbane where I grew up playing for South Magpies. And, um, but the crunch time for me was probably, I just couldn't make it into the origin side. Mm. Um, Colin Scott had a mortgage on it and whilst I'd squeezed into one Brisbane rep side once um, in the National Panasonic Cup, um, the next side that was picked in 84 was Queensland. He was back again. So I decided to move and I was talking to a few clubs and umming and ahhing about Manly or North or South and... Um, uh, and Al had already signed with the Raiders, and he made it pretty clear to me that if I'd, um, he didn't mind if I played for anyone else, but he smashed me every time we played against each <laughs> yeah. other. I mean, that's a pretty, uh, yeah, pretty persuasive argument that he put up there. So it didn't take me long to, to realise I needed to join the Green Machine with him. It's the best thing I ever did. Gary, I was just thinking when. Um... When Joel was talking about not, you, you never think about the eleven-year-old kids or the fans when when you're playing or you, you're competing. These days, you know, if there's any particularly keen fans, they can DM their favourite player or send a pic or send a message or something like that. When you were playing, did would you get like a a postcard from a fan or a, like would they send a pic in the mail or? How did that work back in the day? Yeah, letters and um, you know, if they weren't at the games, send a letter and send some, um, you know, some uh, the Scanlon's footy cards along for you to sign. Um, there was always stuff arriving at the club to be signed, whether it was your jerseys or t-shirts or flags or or something. And um, yeah, plenty of that. And then and, and actually, it, it it got didn't get out of control, but it got went to another level once. We toured Papua New Guinea in '91, and um, and then the, the mail that just around that time started flowing in from Papua New Guinea. I reckon every club had had the same story. It was incredible, and and on the end of every letter it was you're my you know my favourite player. I, I love you and I uh, love the way you play. And please send me one pair of socks, two jerseys, and three. Pairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did I tell you about? You make... Sorry, Badge. Did I, did I tell you the story about? So Mum and Dad had been divorced. And so Dad was living with me at Dremoyne, and I was getting this fan mail, right? And this lady... Was the female quite, variety? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there she we was, go. She was quite obsessive I'm about I'm intrigued. It. She was quite obsessive <laughs> about it, and my dad was replying to her. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So pretending to be... And years later, he divulged it. I thought, she keeps coming. Well, but can't you cop the, the hint, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And Dad later divulged it. He'd been replying, <laughs> yes. Bad job. You didn't ever front you the game and say, hey, it's me. It's now his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Your wife. laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I, oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. We're now married four kids. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Badge, in the lead up to the 2019 grand final, all the journalists were, were looking for quotes from members of the 1989 side. And there was sort of a almost a challenge between us to see who who would be the one bloke who would be able to resurrect the great John Chicka Ferguson. Because I, I understand that he, he's a very private man. Mm. Uh, he likes to keep a low profile. 
and all of us did our yeah. best, but nobody ever, really? nobody could could raise him and, uh, or find him or whatever. I'm just wondering, is he someone that still stays in touch with all of the reunions, and and is he sort of part of that sort of old boys sort of player group from that '89 Grand Final? Occasionally, occasionally we have a get together and. He just appears out of the mist, wow. <laughs> and everyone goes, "Wow, Chicka's Chicka's back." He's uh, he was the man. Yeah, we we have had a couple of um, get-togethers that uh, Chicka's been at, and a, and a couple of course that he hasn't been at, and he's up in North Queensland. I got his number, mate. Did you, you want? Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, but, what, what, um, but seriously, Badge, what a what a player! Like yes. what a player he was. Oh, the, the, the look, the, the best way I can probably describe. I mean, he had he had the footwork. That, that James Tedesco has that Ooh. really, really sharp, yeah. sharp, short-stepping footwork, and and could do things that other players couldn't do. And I, I found him the smartest winger that played outside me. I was trying to run um, little short sides and corridors, we called mm. them, and stuff. And Chicka just picked it up in a flash, and he he could do exactly you know what I needed him to do, which which helped us. But the best, probably the best way I could describe it, when we had all those great players there with. Um, you know, Laurie Daly and Ricky and Brad Clyde, Mal and Lazo and Stick and it just went on and on. But the loudest roar every time he touched the football was for Chica. Wow. It was just, it didn't matter who else it was. It Chica got the football, the crowd rose up and everyone, and I was the same on the field too. He started dodging the dancing and I would kind of be standing <laughs> back at times cheering for him and go, something special is going to happen here. Because he was just incredible. And, and of course he was... You know, he, he, I know he was actually. I saw his passport. Wow. We had to go overseas after the '89 Grand Final. He was 35. That year. He was <laughs> I was going to say, has anyone seen his birth certificate? Yeah. Like it? <laughs> yeah, I have. Actually, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, made sure it was. Uh, yeah, it was legit. Now, Badge, I don't know if you've been asked this before, but when we play, and particularly fullbacks, there's always a player. For me, Corey Pearson. I'd I'd hang on his left hand side, and he had this unbelievable offload that he'd sort of pop up with his right hand to his left. Who was a player in your career, you reckon, Badge, who, who you needed or not so much needed but got the absolute best out of you? Oh, I've played most of my career. In fact, all of my career, uh, I was in the centres with Mal at South in Brisbane and I went back to fullback the last couple of years and yep. then played. So I played, uh, what, eight years in Canberra, another four or five in Brisbane. The whole time Mal was, you know in the same side as me and such an influential player and such a skillful big bloke as well that um, he certainly helped me a lot. So, he, you know, I, I couldn't think of anyone else that was more influential. Peter Jackson, we played a lot of footy together, but he skedaddled back to the the, uh, the dirty old Brisbane Broncos when we had things going at Canberra. So, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, certainly big now. Now, I don't want to tell the story because I, I don't know it uh, entirely, but there's a good story getting around, whether it's true or it's not, around Peter Jackson, the late Peter Jackson, who quite the character, and it was so sad that we lost him so early. But there's a story getting around about his ashes. Is that fact or fiction, Badge? Which story? So, 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 well, well, the story, the story that I, I I've been... T- we spread them at three different places. Okay, well, the story I've been told, because he, he was always the prankster, Peter Jackson, and feel free to extinguish his story where the boys are out on a boat, right, and it's quite the breeze, and they've thrown out Peter Jackson's... Or, or there wasn't quite the breeze, but they've thrown out Peter Jackson's ashes on the boat, right? And he's quite the scallywag and pranks to Peter Jackson. And as they've thrown him out, the wind's picked up and it's come all back on the top of them, <laughs> right? Is that a fact or fiction, Badge? 
no, no, I don't remember that one. No, no. I can, I, what I what I can tell you is we um, we scattered uh, half of you know, part of his ashes where he was um, living at the time down at Stanwell Park. Yeah. Um, and then we we the other half we uh, wanted to scatter at his his home in Brisbane at Davies Park, and the other well half of them there, and the other so, so a quarter of them there, and then mm. effectively a quarter of his at on Lane Park. Oh right. Um, and you're not allowed to do that. You're not oh. allowed to scatter ashes on um, Lane Park, right. which is now Suncorp Stadium. But um, I have a good authority that it actually happened. Right. There was some. Some, some blokes actually snuck out there and uh, oh, good on it them. happened and I may or may not have been one of them. Sorry, what a player. And, and for the listeners who weren't familiar with Peter Jackson, who would you liken him to? If you, if you, if For the modern day people watching the games now, who do you reckon Peter Jackson... I've got a player in my head and I reckon you'll say the same bloke, but who do you liken oh, him to? Now, I... I you might have to give me a hand there, mate, because I can't... I was thinking Munster, but is that... A close analogy, well, Munster. Not, not not as off the cuff as Munster. No, not as off the cuff, but um, and bigger, yeah, big big tall thing, yeah, six foot three, and and you know he was tall and he was quite rangy, and then he filled right out um, in the late eighties. So he was a big, you know, turned out to be a bit like one hundred six hundred and eight kilo um, centre five eight, super skillful. Um, but I think Jacko's like Munster in a lot of the great players. He's, mm. His greatest attribute was his competitiveness. He yeah. just never ever gave in on any play. Joel, um, but yeah, had had the skill and the, everything else to go with it. Joel earlier asked us to sprinkle his ashes at the finish line in there, Flemington. Right there, right there, there, there it is I'm actually, on screen. I'm going to go a little bit rogue because I'm hoping I'll still be around. I'm a fair bit younger yeah. than Joel. I think I'm going to s- sprinkle them at the West Tigers Centre of Excellence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. But, Badge, your your beloved Raiders are about to embark on another finals campaign, and back in your days, you would have had Tim Sheens overseeing a lot of those games. Did you find that it was beneficial to continue to do everything that you've done during the season, or do you change things up for the finals? Do you sort of go into camp together? Do you bring in motivational speakers late in the week, in the lead up to a game? Do you want to keep everything exactly the same, or do you want to? Um, I guess an artificial lift, if you like, from from doing something a little bit different to to the norm. Oh, well, from my experience, you don't change too much at all. Um, and and, my, and my, the first experience I actually had with finals, I was playing under Bob McCarthy in in Brisbane at South, and and he was an outstanding coach and just a just great at getting the team together. And South was in a lot of finals, but the week we earned the week off in 1982, um, and we went on road runs. And then he brought in, which we'd never done all year, or very rarely. Mm. Um, and so in that week off, and then he, and he, he um, for the grand final, he brought along Ronnie Coote and Sats and a bunch of his old South teammates. And I just remember sitting there going, oh, I, I didn't know it was this big. And I, I sort of, I didn't play well. I shit myself. Uh. And <laughs> struggled and I thought, no, nah, no, that's not what you do. Uh, I think Mac will learn from that too. Um, but yeah, I, I know Tim Sheens didn't change it up too much. If there was something that we did, like yeah, did did travel differently, it wouldn't have been, uh, you know, we would have already tried that throughout the year. I don't think you'd just suddenly change it all because again, routine is is important. And, and our routine at the time was get the bus up on the Friday. Um, you know, generally we're playing Sundays, not just the grand final, but for a lot of those finals. Well, two days before, get the bus up, 
stay at the Camperdown Travel Lodge, which wasn't the uh, the flashiest place, but it was where we went. <laughs> yep. We'd walk up the road and uh, across the street and go and uh, train at the university grounds. And we, we had it down pat. We loved it there. And as soon as you're successful with something like that, well, you don't want to change it. You know, they could have told us we we're going to stay at five-star Marriott Resort. And we were, no thanks. We're at the, we're at the crab, Travel Lodge. That's what we do when it works for us. I'll never forget 2010, the Dragons, who were expected to win 2009, and Wayne Bennett, the coach, he felt that they were just a little bit amped up for it all. You know, they were fired up for this grand final. It meant so much. So his assistant coach, Steve Price, who's now at the Sharks, he said, Price, we've got to dial this down a little bit, you know. And so, so Price, he came up with this idea, which worked. He said, right, I've got – he's a great prankster, Price. He said, listen, what we're going to do is um, – Wayne, you, you you get the team together and get a real serious speech going, right, and get them in the palm of your hands. And do you guys remember the comedian Kenny Graham? He's the comedian who portrays yeah, himself yeah. as a drunk. Right? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had – and the younger blokes don't know Kenny Graham. So he had Kenny Graham just hijack the meeting, come in, <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, boys, you know, and, and, and it completely loosened them up. But, um, Badge, oh, a couple of your teammates, former teammates, one's going to exit the competition this afternoon – Craig Bellamy taking on Ricky Stewart. Of course, you're a Raider, but of course, you've got great love for Craig Bellamy as well. How do you see this playing out? I really don't know, and I've yeah. struggled with all of these finals to, to, to genuinely say, I oh, know, you know, one team's going to win. Um, I even thought the Eels were a good chance, and they were until they couldn't catch those high kicks. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, but I know the way the Raiders have been playing has me much more confident about their chances than I was probably six, seven weeks ago. They, they, they're playing, there's a bit of fluency about them. They seem to be all, um, you know, singing off the same hymn sheet. They were all over the place a while ago. So I, I think they're a chance, um, but I, I do know, of course, that if Melbourne click into gear early, um, they're a super tough side to beat. So, um, I, look, I think it'll be tight. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's you know, a really tight one in the Raiders sneak home um, near the death, but I, I certainly know that they're not going to win by a long way, the green machine. They'll have to battle it out the full 80. One final question, Badge, and we appreciate it. We have taken up a lot of your time. We, we are mindful of that. We are appreciative of that. I asked Fossey the same question. So we have the Dally M's, we have the Metricons, 3-2-1 system, but you watch so much football and you're such an astute judge. Who do you actually believe has been the best player in our competition in 2022? Well, if you take into account rep footy yep. and everything that goes with it, and I think that's so important, Origin, yep. um, I, I find it hard to go past Ben Hunt. Mm. You know, I've, got a, that, I've got a Queensland tinge to it, but I, I don't think... You know, I was, I've been waxing lyrical about him playing hooker for the last couple of years. I finally convinced Scotty Satlin, my on-air partner, just how good he was in the number nine. Mm. And then to see him play as well as he did, and he was just outstanding in that last game, and um, and he's been great for the Dragons in a side that has mostly struggled and, and hasn't delivered. I think he's been fantastic. But um, oh, look, I, I, I don't disagree at all with Nico Hines too. I've been mm. so surprised with how well how well he's gone. And um, my tip of the start of the year for Dalian was Cameron Munster, and he hasn't disappointed either. Okay, yeah. Uh, Vossi said, well, my tip at the start of the year was Nico Hines, and he, he's going to go very, very close. Um, Dylan Edwards wow. was Vossi's tip. So anyway... Thank you very much, Badge. Uh, all our listeners can hear your dulcet tones this afternoon. You're calling the game uh, with the Sharkies taking on the Cowboys. Thanks very much, Badge.
Good on you, lads. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm doing the late game. Roosters, rabbits. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, the maestro. Oh no, it is. Sorry, it's the Sharkies Cowboys tonight. Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. a crack at me, badge. Got one eye on the races, guys. Yeah, <laughs> the maestro's never got anything wrong in his life, and uh, and yeah, I thought, oh, this could be the day. Uh, I do have a tip at Randwick. Uh, sorry, at Rose Hill for your badge. I'll, I'll give you this before I go on our listeners. It is, uh, let me bring this. It's race nine. I know that much. It's race nine at Rose Hill. And this horse is looking for four wins in a row. And the, apparently the numbers have been through the roof. So I'm just trying to bring that up uh, now. Shades of Rose. There you go. Shades of Rose. Good luck, Badge. Appreciate your time. You kidding? I've already put the quarter in. Thanks, mate. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, plenty more still to come on Crunch Time. Yes, it certainly is. And Anthony Seabold, the great mind of Anthony Seabold, he's going to join us very, very shortly. So we look forward to that. It is 14 minutes to three. We appreciate your company, Crunch Time, brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects, jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Speaking of coaches, uh, he once won the Dallium Coach of the Year. Gentlemen, it's fascinating because there's three clear contenders. You've got Ivan Cleary, who won the minor premiership by four points. From or by four games, just about didn't he? Was it four points or four games? Four points in the end because he was resting players from the Sharks. So they've had a four point improvement from last season defending a premiership. They lost Nathan Cleary for eight games, Brian Tottle for seven games, Luai for five games. Then you've got Craig Fitzgibbon, his first season in charge, takes on a team who missed the finals last year. They finished second, 16 point improvement, eight wins from last season. Nico Hines. He's got the best out of him, one of the leading contenders for the Dally M. And then you've got Todd Payton, second season in charge, third-place team, 20-point improvement, 15th place last season. But they had the worst defence in the comp to finish the season with the second or third-best defence in the comp, to my reckoning. Jason Taumalolo, back to form. Townsend and Dearden, who, I've got to be honest with you, at the start of the year when they signed Chad Townsend, I thought, what are they doing? And paid a princely sum for it. Well, he's got the best out of both. Dearden was an outcast at the Broncos. So, boys, Dometic, go on your next adventure, Dometic.com, who brings us his coaching chat. Coach of the year. Who is the rightful coach of the year? So my initial thought was probably Todd Payton, just because everyone tipped the Cowboys to come last and the amount of improvement that they've shown. But you just think Ivan Cleary, geez, he's it's just too hard to go past. What, what else it? can he do? Yeah. Well, well you talked about those players who are out. They also provide a, a, about a half a dozen, if not more, during the state of origin period. Yeah. Um, so even then when they were without their best players, they were still winning games. Um, and he has only won it, I think, in 2020. He didn't win it in 2021 because Craig Bellamy did. So at some point, like this, is, this isn't just this season. They've no. been the dominant team for three seasons in a row. You can't do any more. I'd, I'd give it to Ivan. Yeah, that's hard to argue with. James, what do you think? Coach of the Year Cup today. Whoever wins uh, Cowboys Sharks, Coach of the Year. Yeah, no, that, that's good. That, that, that's also fair. But, yeah. but the thing, this is the funny thing, right? So I believe it's done. Would they have already anointed the Coach it's of the done. Year? It's done. Oh, it's done. It's, it's done. done. All right. So you may have a scenario where Todd Payton or Craig Fitzgibbon Go to the have, been, have been anointed. Mm. One gets uh, – well, they don't get bombed out today, but they lose. The other yeah. one – wins the competition, but it yep. goes to the other person or in the grand final. Yeah. Well, Why do I, they do it so early? Well I, well, I assume it's done like the regular season with the players because, you know, I mean, you can't be 
picking up points if you're Anthony Griffin or, or you but, know no, what I mean. No, but, but, but should yeah. you, should yeah. you should well, a player of the year or a coach of the year? They should be different. Yeah. It, well, should should it not be? Based off the full season. Based yeah. off the full season. Yeah, based off the fact that we're playing for a hundred thousand dollars mid-season, <laughs> and then the real the real prize yeah. is the the premiership. Well, well, the, the, here's here's a, a I don't love the Dally M's, but should Dally M's be included up until the grand final? Because no. if you're a, if you're a player who's had to share votes, if you're a major reason as to why the teams had success, is that a way to sort of balance it up? But, you know, but you can be Ben Hunt. You could you know be possibly the best player in the comp in a really bad team. And you're still mm. picking up Dally M points. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can only compete for points that, you know, if, if they're available, yeah. I reckon I'm, I'm happy. I can see what you're saying with the, with uh, the coach one, but I reckon you've got to give everyone an even chance. With yeah. the, uh, cool. with the Sharks Cowboys game today, the reason I say that, that dictates it for me, I'm of a strong belief that whoever loses that game today goes lost, lost out. Really? Because they play the winner of Souths and Roosters. And whoever wins that game is going to be coming in hot. And I, I just think, yeah, whoever loses that game today, it goes double bounce out. Wow. You, you know what, right? I, um, this is swimming against popularity opinion or popular opinion. I actually think this is the grand final. I think the Sharks and the Cowboys will meet in the grand final. Wow. You've, you've been off, not off the Panthers, but you always thought that Storm for all the worlds in. to collide two or three years yeah. in a row, it's too much, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Well, Taylor May looks like he's going to miss the prelim. I have had concern that they rested players in that last game, which was the right call. But then you win. So Nathan plays his second game in two months. I just feel as though... And, 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 the scoreline blew right out last night, but it was game on. A couple of catches taken, it could easily go the other way. So I just think that they're going to meet a team who's clearly informed because they've just won the week prior to meet them in a prelim. It, it, look, opinions, but real that, estate's that, on today, there's auctions, and think, my opinion is that'll be this, yeah. this game tonight will be the grand final. I, I, I thought possibly what you're saying, but Nathan Cleary didn't show any rust whatsoever. No, no, that's he, true. I mean, he was the difference. Yeah, it was good. He, Yep. He was so good, and yep. considering he hadn't played for six weeks, it's an even more phenomenal effort. Yeah, can't argue with any of that either. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Anthony Seabold, not too far away. Crunch time brought to you by Robson Civil, James Magnuson, Adrian Brzezinko, I'm Joel Kane, and, of course, the maestro. But more importantly, you, the listener, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text 0457 736 736. You can tweet at SEN League. Uh, it certainly is uh, crunch time. Speaking of that, I was crunching on something and I had to spit it out because I, I just wasn't going to get there. It looked like you've got, what, rabbit food or something there yeah. for lunch. We've had Korean fried chicken. We've had a big burger. Yeah. We've had thick shakes. And yeah, that just, looks very measly. You've just got a bit, few bits of lettuce What is it? There. What's in your bowl there? Maccabi Diva Sorry, boys. Maccabi Diva Steaks. You be the photo finish. I think I'm Thunderstruck on the outside has just got there. What do you think, boys? It's a bob of the head. Ooh. Oh, it's very, very no, close. I think the inside one. I think the inside's non-conformist, but we'll get to that very, very shortly. Uh, geez, fascinating finish to the Maccabi Diva Stakes as racing continues. Yeah, uh, so what I've got is a, a little bit of cheese, chicken, and just some uh, lettuce. But, Leaves. But, but sugar's off sugar. Yeah. Sugar's off yeah. sugar. That's, I was saying, like... I lost three kilos on the scales. Yeah. But that's after about two and a half, three days. Yeah. I'm Thunderstruck gets a nod too, by the way. So wins the Maccabi Diva Stakes. But you're not 
Oh, it wouldn't be convinced. just it wouldn't be just the sugar. It'd uh-huh. be a, a combination of things. Mm. Um, the, the sugar long term, and and just on giving up sugar, that first two to three weeks will be pretty tough, as your body will basically go through withdrawals because yeah. it's addicted to sugar, mm. and you'll come out the other side and you won't need it. Really? Yeah, I used to do this in lead up to big meats and stuff like that. I'd, I'd get off the chocolates. So and, you endorse it? Yeah, I endorse it. Yep, yep. And you think at the start this is impossible to stick with because yep. it feels like I've it. actually been pretty good. I've felt like I've done it pretty easy. Yep. Here's a secret for you. Yep. So the, the, the prime time you'll get cravings will be mm. after dinner, oh. before bed. When you finish dinner. Why before, after dinner, you reckon? I'm not sure. I think it's it must be some hormone or something in the body that just wants that last little hit before yep. it goes to bed. So here's the secret. You finish dinner. Mm. Before you sit down to watch TV or whatever you do, go upstairs, brush your teeth, Come back down and sit down and watch That's TV. Gotcha. That's Brushing your teeth and that f- that feeling of the kind of switches on. Oh, it's, yep. it's bedtime, you know, whatever. Yep. It it kills off the sweet cravings. The twelve point swing. Yeah. So I there like you it. go. <laughs> I like it. Uh, we have got Anthony Seabold in the building too. He he's one of the smartest minds in rugby league. Looking forward to that. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You guys make the show. Don't forget, we've also got the Luminaria list. So he's going to join us later on in the program where he's going to give us the top five moments of the year. I might get you guys to guess to see whether it's going to be there. The top five sporting moments of the year and the top five NRL moments of the year. This is Crunch Time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. James Magnuson, Adrian Brzezenko, the maestro, I'm Joel Kane, and Anthony Seabold about to chime into the back line. Yes, uh, Crunch Time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. You can call 1300 01170. Text 0457 736 736. Tweet at SEN League. Now, they say, they say, and I don't know whether this was um, anonymous or whether it was... Hippocrates, what's his name? Um, not Hippocrates. Um, Hippocrates. You're looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 whoever he is. Anyway, they say that you become the sum of the average of the four people you hang around. Well, let me just say this. Our IQ is about to go through the roof because we are <laughs> Oh, yeah. By the great Anthony Seabold. Hello, mate. G'day, Sugar. Do you know who the person I'm talking about is? The Socrates, great... I Socrates, yeah. See, I knew that. Yeah. I just thought of one. Aristotle? I got Aristotle and Socrates mixed up. Ah, there you go. Yeah. You're going with Hippocrates. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, was, it was a merger club, uh, Socrates and... DMC. Yeah, yeah, DMC, exactly. Seems, how are you going, mate? Yeah, good. Going well. Um, bit of time at home, which is great, with the family. After the England rugby commitment, so, yep. um, we, we obviously had our tour uh, out here playing against the Wallabies. So, yeah, just preparing and planning um, externally at the moment for the next trip over to London. So head over there mid-October and... Uh, the England rugby team have got four tests against um, Argentina, Japan, All Blacks and Springboks. So it'll be a really good uh, November series over there in uh, in Twickenham, uh, which will be great. On the subject of rugby, tell us about this Michael Checker scenario. So he's coaching Argentina, who, who up until last week was doing a magnificent job beating the All Blacks in New Zealand, which is quite rare. But then he's then going to go coach Lebanon in the World Cup. How hard is that? It'll be challenging, but I know um, just listening to, to Michael and... and 
Um, he's got some good people around him. So my understanding, he's got Matt King there with the Lebanese team, um, you know, as an assistant yeah. coach. And obviously, King, he's done a great job for a number of years at, at the Roosters and before that at, at the Bunnies um, in the lower grades there. So he's got Kingy on board. Um, he's got David Kidwell with the Argentinian side. So yep. I'd imagine that he'd be leaning, leaning on Kitty as well. But but um, Czech spent a couple of years with, with Trent Robinson um, in a sort of, you know, coaching um, role there. And, um, you know, he's got a real passion for the game. So I've spoken to, to Czech a number of times over the years and he's got a really, really good understanding of rugby league. A little bit like Eddie Jones. Like they both watch a lot of the trends um, that happen in the NRL and obviously take away their learnings for, you know, that can transfer to rugby. So he's got a really um, yeah, good understanding of rugby league. He's worked in rugby league at the Roosters. He's got good people around him. So he'll be able to juggle that, um, albeit he'll be busy. I think if yeah. the Lebanese make the quarterfinals, I heard him say that they're... Oh, one, is that right? One's so, one day, one's the other right? day. So oh, wow. So did, would he have to prioritise one over the other? I'm not, I'm not too sure. I, I mean, look... He's full time with the look. Czech's got a number of commitments, from my yeah. understanding. Like he works with well, one of the Japanese teams. He's based his family, I think, in France um, from memory, and he's working full time with Argentina. And then, obviously, on top of that, the Lebanese, and that'll be a sort of short, short term role, the, the Lebanese role. But um, I'm not sure what the priority will be if they go through to the uh, the quarters. Probably depends on who they take because they can draw on like Mitch Moses. There's a few yeah. decent players. Yeah, if they pick them. Jake, Jacob Carraz, he'd probably be. Yeah, no, um, yeah. Jacob Adam actually. Dewey. Jacob played, I think, from memory. Remember, there was the nines a few years ago. Yeah. Jacob played as a 17-year-old for, for Lebanon. And remember, because he wasn't 18, they got disqualified from, oh, from the tournament. Yeah, so that was a couple of years ago. So Jacob's a good player. Obviously, had an outstanding debut season for the Bulldogs. So they'll get some good players. I think Robbie Farah's involved as well. Yep. Uh, I heard Michael Checker say. Um, in one of the interviews. So, yeah, he's got some good people around him. So it'll be really interesting. It'll be great, actually, for, for you know, someone who's got a really high profile in the world of rugby to uh, be involved in Rugby League World Cup as well. Seems I asked Andrew Voss this question. I asked Gary Belcher this question. And we do the Metricons here, 3 two, one There's the Dalliums, of course, under the same system. But you watch a lot of Rugby League. Who do you believe has been the most valuable player in this competition in 2022? All votes and all that aside, who do you believe is the MVP this year? Well, I think Cameron Munster, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is, look at the Melbourne Storm when yeah. he doesn't play. Yeah. Um, now, he's missed a little bit of football. Obviously, he missed that third state of origin. But I think he's been outstanding uh, and even better like when he's gone back to fullback. And, yeah. and it's been a bit of a, a challenging, I suppose, second part of the season for the Storm. Like, it's unusual for them to, to lose four games in a row, which they did do. But I think he's been outstanding. Ben Hunt was the other one. Um, and, you know, obviously, um, the Panthers is an interesting one because they've got so many good players. Yeah. They probably take votes off each other, like Dylan Edwards, yeah. Yo, Nathan mm. Cleary, those types of guys. But, yeah, I think Hunt and, and Cameron Munster have been um, outstanding watching them play this year individually. That's the first person I've agreed with. Munster. Who do you think, Adrian? I reckon Dylan Edwards has sort of been under the radar. He's been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's been terrific. He's been, it's as, a great a, race. Yeah. Isn't it? Nico Hines, Hunt, yep. Munster, Edwards, Yo just does Yo things. Yep. Cleary's probably missed too much football. On, on Munster, I heard a funny little story yesterday. Brayton Astor was here on the Hello Sport oh, yes. talk. Yes. And uh, they said, how is it managing Munster? And they said, oh, it's a bit, he said, it's a bit comical. You know, you ring up Munster and he picks up the phone and goes, Ding-a-ling, you've reached the king. So at the moment, Munster's on a booze ban that goes for the entire NRL season. And you talk about what he's worth and his off-field endorsements and the like. He actually promotes 
Mad Dog Ginger Beer. So he's actually got a yeah. line of alcoholic products, but he's not actually allowed <laughs> to have them. That's right. That's right. Now, I only just thought about this just now when you mentioned ring a ding ding, you've got the kid. <laughs> now, being part of the English squad, Seebs, no doubt you're on, you know, certain WhatsApps and that. Yeah. The news of the passing of the Queen at 96, how's that sort of gone down with the locals? Yeah, obviously it's, uh, you know, you know, such a respected figure yeah. um, in England, and and like the national anthem, like the rally, it is you know the national anthem. You know, you, that the, the guys sing "God Save the Queen." So, um, yeah, talking to some of the assistant coaches on um, well yesterday morning um, our time, um, yeah, like there's a real um, surreal um, feeling over there at the moment. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting when I go back there in October and and singing the anthem for the first time. You know, the, the, when they when they do that, I think we play Argentina first, and um, that'll be really interesting for the guys because it'll be unusual. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, no, I, I think um, very well respected figure, and um, and the guys coaching England, they're very very passionate about uh, the monarchy and and you know the, the royal family. So um, they're heavily involved in rugby. The Queen was the patron for sixty something years for the Rugby Football Union. Uh, Prince Wales is the, um, or, sorry, um, Prince William, rather. Um, he was the uh, patron for the Welsh Rugby Union. Right. So you, you often see them at the games. So, um, yeah, they're, they're obviously uh, you know, big supporters of rugby over in that part of the world. What's the it's... deal? Did you hear the speech this morning from Charles? What's the go with his voice and his accent? That is the, like... The, the accent. I don't know. Did the, I don't think the Queen sounded that posh, did she? Yeah, he's got a very uh, posh. Oh, I could not stand it. Nah. Just made me want to back end him. Just that, <laughs> and the, his turn of phrase as well. I don't know. It just seems so out of touch with the the average person. I was speaking to the kids today, and I said, guys, do you know this? That King Charles is the first king that's you know from the Commonwealth that I've had, you know, in my life. And so to all of your grandparents. So we've all had the same king, our first king, the grandparents, ourselves, and the kids, all at the same time. She just held it for a long time, did she? But, yeah. but how rugby league is it? Is that obviously her health has deteriorated yeah. recently, and the last time she was really able to entertain guests that at the table sitting next to her was oh, Peter yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Now, Seebs... We are still down to eight, and it's hard to believe that we've only got eight games left in this competition to decide it all. Is that right? Eight games. That's it. Eight games. Tomorrow we'll have six games. That That's it. Six games left wow. in the competition. What's your gut feel? Who's the last four standing? Who wins the comp? Well, my gut feel is that Penrith win the comp. Like, just watching them play last night, they got better the game, uh, the, the longer the game went, I thought. Yeah. You know, obviously they were well rested. And I think for those young guys, you think about the amount of games they've played over the last three years because they've gone all the way through to the grand final. So they've gone deep into their campaigns. Yeah. And then most of their players are playing some sort of representative football. So guys like Fisher Harris for New Zealand and um, obviously you know, guys like Cleary yeah, yeah. and um, Jerome uh, Luai and those types of players playing for, for the Blues, Yo, those sort of guys. So the amount of football they've played. They looked really fresh uh, the start of the game, um, although it didn't reflect on the scoreboard. It was quite close early. I thought they were really good in that second half. And, and Nathan Cleary coming back after five weeks out was was outstanding. His kicking game, his tactical kicking game just suffocates teams. So I thought he was outstanding. So that's my gut feel. Uh, last four standing. I've got a feeling the Cowboys and, and Cronulla, um, like obviously one of them are going to be the last one. Yeah. But I, I do, I'm not sure whether they'll get through to the GF. That's just my gut feel. I feel like a, a storm or, or a rooster potentially can get um, one of those guys in a, in a knockout game. Wow. Uh, that's what I think. Um, yeah, so... Let me frame it this way. So if you... You can't have the Panthers, but they said, righto, Seebs, 
We need you to, to, um, to take the reins of a team to try and win this competition. Which team... The hypotheticals would, on this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which team would you take? Now, now factoring in, yes, the Roosters a good team storm, but they've got to go the long road. Which team would Anthony Seabold take to try and win this competition if you had three weeks to do so? Well, I'd go on the Roosters. Really? I, I, yeah, like I know they're going to win four games road. in a row. Yeah, I, like I, I just think that the way they're starting games, like physically, they just look outstanding at the start of games. Like Matt Lodge, who's been heavily criticised, but I've worked with Lodge at Melbourne and also Brisbane, and and knew and know what he can bring to a team. And I heard him talk the other day, and he's right. He's never been in an environment where he's had someone mentor him or him not be the the senior player. So from a very young age, he's yeah. had to be that person. Yeah, right. So over Brisbane, like he was the older guy and he was like 22 or 23 and, you know, guys like Fafita and those guys looked up to him. So he's always had to be that person the same when he, when he went to the Warriors. And I think, um, or listening to him talk about Jared Weir Hargraves and the influence and the mentorship that he's um, given him since he's been there, those two, along with Radley, they've been outstanding. Victor comes back obviously tomorrow. So I just like the way they're building. I mean... I think they were sitting tenth, not you know, not, yeah. not sort of uh, too long after the you know the turn of the the season to, um, to come home, and um, they're just building nice, a well balanced team. They'll miss Joey Manu, but can still win it without Joey Manu. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The so. only problem I reckon today, if you look at their lineup, so I'm I'm with Siebes again. I reckon the Roosters can win the comp, but the centre pairing that lines up today, Momorowski and yeah. Drew Hutchison, if they're going to get found out anywhere, well, that's it. But but would you would you Argue, Seebs, if you had to have a weakness in your team, would you say centre is a position you'd want that weakness to be? Well, I think so in the modern game. Like the thing with centre, though, which probably is underappreciated, they've got to make some really big decisions defensively. So that second last defender, so where the centre sits um, from a defensive point of view, they've got to do a lot of decision making because often teams will run block shape yes. on the three in defender. So yes. they'll run at the inside shot of the halfback. More, more bigger decisions than the winger, would you say? Or? Oh, I think so. Yes. I think so. But my, my point was this, like they've got to make decisions. Are they going to go and jam or are they going to stay connected and, 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 and stay connected in the defensive line? So they've got to make some decisions there. Now, if you look at Hutchinson, um, he's played in the halves a lot as a three in defender. More and more teams now are actually running that block shape one, one hole rider. And you'll often see now back rowers leading inside the two ends and what teams are trying to do is create a 2v1 rather than a 3v2, traditionally. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, so normally does, yeah, you, yeah. you run the block inside yep. the, the halfback. They, they're doing it wider, are they? They're doing a little bit wider, so you'll see 2v1s out the back of shape um, more so than 3v2s right. a, lot of, a lot of the times now. So so in that situation for Hutchinson, well, he's doing the same job as when he defends the three in because he's just got to check the lead and work out whether he can check and get off or, or whether he needs to stay square and, and stay connected. So it's a big decision-making decision, but I think you can get away with... With, with, with your centres not being the stars of the show. Like Manu's a, an elite, isn't yeah. he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Joey Manu's elite. So he, he can play any position and do it really well, which he's shown. So I think, yeah, I, like I, I know, you know, they're probably not the most fashionable centres, um, Hutchinson and Momorowski, but I think Momorowski's played. He played in the, the Penrith side yeah, last yeah. year, didn't he? So he's played some big games, um, even a few years ago in the well, pre, well, prelim final. That's right. Um, when, Luttrell when, when was there. Well, when I was coaching South, yeah, he came in and did a really good job yeah. um, in that game. So, yeah, I think um, I think that can, can can cover that. Adrian, isn't it fascinating? Uh, so Steve's so smart. He's picking the Roosters who need to go the long way. It's, it's, it's a fascinating answer. Just before we get to the next question, who would you boys pick? Same. Roosters? Roosters yeah. Para, of course. Para. He's a para man for sure. Para. Cronulla. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick the Cowboys because, j- j- just because I think that 
a lot of that starting team have played big games, not necessarily finals, but now Origins and stuff. Yep. Why would you pick Cronulla? Because they're one win, win away from a pr- preliminary final. Yeah. yeah. But they win tonight, which I think they will, and yeah. they only have to win one more and they're in the decider. It'll be interesting, Cronulla. I heard Phil Gould talk about they've had a really, his words, I think, were a soft draw. Yeah. Um, and if you look at it, they haven't played a top eight side for a long period of time now. Um, and I think the last time they did, the Cowboys rested a lot of guys after that third state of origin. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in this big game. Oh, I think they'll win tonight as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think that, that side of the draw is where one of those teams from outside the, the top four can yeah. can, can sneak, um, you know, sneak a bit of a pathway there. If Cowboys win tonight, which is viable, we'd all agree it's viable, right? Mm. A prelim in, in North Queensland oh, yeah. is huge. Humidity up there this time of year. Like yeah. You, you, you yeah. played up there. I'm not sure if you've ever competed up there or, or no, trained up there. No. The humidity is like it's stark, isn't it? Like oh. when you get off the plane, either yeah. when you if you've got to play them in March or you've got to play them this yep. time of year, the humidity is like it's it is it's a really um I suppose a competitive advantage for the for what, the Cowboys. Well, no, no one Cowboys, gets a bigger advantage. If Cowboys lose Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be there next week. They'll be there anyway. Yeah, next week. Next week. Yeah, next but week. then they yeah. come so to Either Sydney way they're really. gonna get a f- their next game is a home. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's the case for all the four. But see for Penrith next week. Oh, sorry, Penrith in a fortnight. Mm. It'll be probably Combank, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'll be Combank or, or a call. It was, I thought yeah. it was a bad look last night. So I'm switching be- between channels. Uh, AFL's on one channel. they got 80,000 at the MCG. I switch across to the, the NRL and we got 20,000 at Penrith. And it almost looked like, you know, the bright lights of the MCG and the pitch itself, then you switch across to Penrith, it, it almost looked dark on the screen. But you, you didn't love the full house, though. Nah. I, I would have hated to see the blue seats out. No, no. Nah, nah. I just... Nah. Uh, it, 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 it wouldn't have been me, many empty seats. For me, it looked like I was switching from first grade to reserve grade. Gotcha. Just from, just from a yeah. visual thing. And I'm looking at, like, I can see trees and stuff popping up in the yeah. background yeah. and, like, yeah. people sitting on a hill. And then I switch channels and I've got the... The MCG, which is like, you know, the Coliseum. Yeah. I just think they would have got 60,000 easily at a core. Easily. Wow. Steve, this is a bit tangential, but you obviously watch a lot of rugby and a lot of rugby league. And it seems at the moment that um, Rugby Australia want a big kill in terms of a a rugby league superstar that they want to buy and sort of have prepared for the next sort of World Cup at, at home. If you've got a checkbook and you're running Rugby Australia... Who do you target? Who's the guy? Because obviously Joseph Suwali mm. has yeah. been talked about, but but is there someone else that sort of would be on your radar? Well, I understand why they would be going after Joseph. You know, coming through King's College, he played plenty of rugby. I remember watching a game a few years ago. He was year nine playing for the GPS representative 15. Wow. He was a year nine kid. Open. Yeah, wow. Opens. Wow. Like, you know, like how hard yeah. that's to do. Like yeah. the best, you know, all the, the best players like um, – you know, like a Cam Murray and those sort of guys will play first 15 at grade 10 level. Yeah. But to do it at grade nine and then yeah. be picked in the representative side, it, it was, um, yeah, it was. you could see it was something. So I understand that. The other person I'd go for is Cameron Murray and mm. I'd play him as a 12 in rugby. It's which, a, which is a centre. Which is a centre. And, and yeah. they play like an edge back rower. So your 12s in rugby play like an edge back rower. They hit, the, you know, like they, they run those punch lines, if that yep. makes sense. So you hit them short, they create momentum. So Karevi does it for, for the Wallabies well. He's a big, he's a big guy. So I think... Um, rugby league's edge back rowers or, or players like Murray um, could could play as a twelve because they can run the punch lines like he does in league. How would kick out go in, in rugby? Yeah, be freak. Yeah, you, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think be number eight. Yeah. I'll give you another entry. Yeah. I reckon at fly half, Matt Burton, the boot yeah. on him. Yeah, rugby would suit him to a T. Yeah. yeah, he'd be outstanding. So there's a number of options. I think they would need to look at someone who came through the jeep. Well, 
most rugby, mm. uh, it's, it's a generalisation, but a lot of the players who play for the Wallabies come through the, the GPS yes. system in Brisbane yeah, or yeah, in Sydney. So I think you'd identify which of those those guys as kids played rugby. So you got you got guys like Joseph. Um, Blank canvas too hard, is it? Do you think it's yeah. too hard, Blake? Oh, I think it is. Yeah. But coming from you know, as a coach, coming yeah. from from union, uh, sorry, from league to union, like it's like learning a different language. Yeah, like yeah, it looks yeah, the yeah. same a little yeah, bit, yeah, and it's yeah, a similar yeah. sort of ball and yeah. the same size field, but it's almost like learning a new language. So, um, you need, you know, it's it's it. It would be helpful or beneficial to have played it like Matt Rogers. He had played Australian schoolboy rugby union. He come across as a big name convert, yeah. and he handled that pretty easy. Mm. We're talking to Wendell. It took him a bit of time, didn't it? Everyone thought he was going to get the ball and just run over guys, yeah. but he's playing against big South Africans or or the big Kiwi teams, and and they handle him okay. And it, he ended up being a work rate winger. Like he he wasn't the, the 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 star of the show. He was a work rate winger, and that's why he was so highly regarded in rugby because he'd do those tough carries off the back of a ruck, yep. and he'd get momentum, so he'd get quick. Yeah, essentially like a quick play of the ball, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, quick, yeah. quick, quick recycle the ball. So that's why he was so good um, when he went across. Not the the flashy stuff, you know, those school uh, those tries that he scored in league. It was the sort of work rate stuff. Great insight, Steve. Steve staying here by the way for the rest of the hour up until four o'clock. Uh, also, Adrian Prezenko, James Magnus, and the Maestro. I'm Joel Kane. Plenty more still to come. Thanks to Crunch Time. Brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. This is NRL Crunch Time. Yeah, it certainly is. Boys, we made it. Uh, big four-hour shift today. We appreciate all the listeners to 1300 01 1170. That's the number. Keep it in your phone, by the way. And uh, you can text any old time for all the shows, 0457 736 736. You'll hear me next on Monday, the run home with Joel and Fletch. Slide into the DMs, TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, at Joel Fletch SEN. Slide away. Seems... Be careful what you wish for there, Joel. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 don't worry, I've learned that. I heard about the letters. I heard about the letters with your dad on the way in. Oh, yeah, Dad. Oh, you're good on your Davey Kane. The cooler. Steve's great insight today, mate. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thank John. you very much. Yeah, good, uh, boys, a uh, final say. I know you were talking up the Panthers. Panthers, your tip, Seebs? I think so, yeah. 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 Adrian Prezenko, your tip to win the competition. Para. 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 I live in hope. Yeah, they're driving. Wanga. They're driving. <laughs> to North Sydney via the Blue Mountains. That's what they're doing. And Panthers, Roosters, Panthers win. Hey, listen. You're banned from being on any shows with Anthony. You've just agreed with everything you said today. <laughs> oh, I great minds, great minds think cop. alike. Do I have to be bad cop? <laughs> yeah. The Cowboys, it's just a sneaky feeling. The Plenty Cowboys. of players on the rise. Yeah, I think Hopper did something to you. Yeah, when yeah, he... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> Jeez, that's, that's, yeah. You mentioned that and it's stuck sick for you for life. Yeah. Anyway, that's us. We're done. We thank you very much. We are back next week. Crunch time on tomorrow too, by the way. So we're looking forward to that from midday. This has been Crunch Time. Good luck to your teams if they're still in the final. If they're not, have a couple. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, it certainly is. And we are with uh, former Dallium Coach of the Year. Are you a former Dallium Coach of the Year? I think if you're Once a, a Dallium, always. Yeah, right? yeah, you're a Dallium, Dallium Coach. Of coach that's of what the people year. say when they go former Olympian. You go, what am I, dead? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, uh, uh, Jimmy Smith was saying before, he said, uh, I was the same age as uh, Russell Wire, I think he said. Well, yeah, right. What do you mean was? Like, who's taking the lead? What's happening <laughs> happen in that time? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. Boys, um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to get to the games. People are ringing up to say, can you finally start talking about the games? <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to do that right now. Okay, boys, we've got the big game coming up. The Sharkies taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. We do that for Dometic. Go on your next adventure, dometic.com.
Siebes, how does this play out? I know you're tipping the Sharks, yeah. but how do you see this playing out? Well, I, I, I see it playing out. It'll be a, a tight game. I, uh, there's no doubt. Both very good defensive sides, haven't they? And they've improved enormously under their, their coaches this yep. year. Um, so I see a tight game. I, I, the influence of Nico Hines, um, you know, he's been mentioned before. I think he's, he's the leading – he was the leading player, I think, in the Metricon. He won the, uh, he's, he won he's won it, the yeah. Metricon, yep. So, What's you know, the Metricon? So the 3 two, one is the Dally M's. That's a bad question to ask here on SEM. But anyway, <laughs> we do it each and every week, uh, the 3 two, ones, and he's won by space. Oh, so I, you're in-house. In house. Yeah. So, yes, that's right. Sorry, so, so the, sorry. No, no, that, no relax. <laughs> um, but he won by quite the margin. So I wonder how much that aligns with – the Dalliums ultimately. Yeah. Well, I, look, he's going to be heavily influential. And the thing that I like about him, right, he's playing as the, the first receiver. So he's yep. not just staying on one side. Him and Moreland are, are playing on both sides at different times. Um, I think they, they use their spine particularly well. One thing, you watch, when you watch the Cronulla Sharks play an attack, have a look um, if you're at the game or, or you're watching on telly, listening to our commentary, yeah. obviously. Um, have a look at them attacking threes. So that they're always attacking in threes. So they'll have three forwards together attacking. So, you know, you've got... You've got um, an inside pass option, you've got a short pass option or you've got somebody out the back. If you have a look when they play, they actually run leads inside the um, the, the three in defender, so the halfback. Yep. They're trying to get 3v2 out the back of shape and they'll all come around the corner together, so the fullback, centre and winger in what I call a, a, slingshot, a slingshot shape. So yep. they're attacking threes, threes through the middle, threes in the back line um, and, and Hines is the link. And I, th- I see a really close game, but I think his influence, just his tactical kicking game will be good tonight, I would have thought. So, Steve's Will Kennedy's back, and he hasn't played, I think, since round 20, yeah. and they've named him at fullback. And they've obviously I was surprised had some, by that. They've had some very capable guys in there with uh, young Dykes and Lockie Miller, et cetera. Um, is that the right move, like to throw him straight into that um, you know, very crucial position in a, in a finals game? Yeah, well, look, if he's fit and he's obviously been training, you know, normally what happens is players like that come back and they'll train for, for two weeks before they play the game. So I'm assuming that Craig Fitzgibbon has seen plenty in the two weeks because you're right, Lockie Miller's been outstanding coming Gone. across from sevens. And then Dykes, who made his debut, yeah. Um, yeah, like really good job as well as a young player. So, yeah, they see something. He, they're a better attacking side with Will Kennedy there. Yes. He, he, like, I'm not sure whether you played with, with Bubba, um, Kennedy's dad. Yeah. But, no, uh, I, did, I didn't. Did, no, yeah, no. But I remember yeah. what, I played against him. I played with Balmain Tigers. And he was he was a great center. And he come as an older player into the NRL, only had a couple of seasons, yep. did a great job, went back. And I think he was still playing until he was 40-something in the bush. <laughs> yeah. But he's got some great, you know, bloodlines there. And um, I, I see him improving their attack tonight. What do you think, James? I'm going to hit you with a couple of stats. Yep. I'm a stat man. Stat away. Uh, last three times they've met, Sharks have won all three of those. They've won the last eight against them. Last eight? Yeah, I'm going to stat well, you with a stat. Yeah, yeah. stat me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, North Queensland only have a 28% win record at Shark Park, so I think that home home ground was massive. Um, I can't see anything but a Sharks victory. Can I hit you with a stat? Um, they've played three top eight teams, the Cowboys, in Sydney and they've lost them emphatically, like 76 to 28 or something. And But the problem they have is they've had five games in Sydney. They're slow starts. They've only scored five first-half tries, and that includes two big wins against Manly and the Dragons. They've scored five first-half tries in five visits to – is the challenge part as a coach – Is sorry – is the travel part as a coach a challenge? Yeah, it is. It is a challenge. And that Manly game when they won, remember they scored a couple of tries yeah. late right at the yeah. death to come yeah. back and, and, and win it on the bell? I've watched them play live recently against the Dragons and against the Roosters. Um, yeah, and, out of the know, Yeah, out of the SCG there. And, and out of the blocks, they, they didn't have fast starts at all. It'll be a real focus. And you've got to try and even narrow it back to a little bit more 
than that, you know, your first five sets on both sides of the ball. They just really narrow focus because uh, when they've come down here, they've, they've been slow off the bus. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a challenge for, for Todd Payton as a coach. How do you get those guys to come out of the blocks like the Roosters have been doing really well? Where did uh, Belcher say that they used to stay? What was the Magic Hotel? The Camperdown. Camperdown. Yeah, Travel Lodge yeah. and Camperdown. Yeah. That's where the Tigers need to stay. Yep. Uh, half time, by the way, Zali Hopkins being interviewed. Dragons 12 points to four, leaving the Broncos. Young Zali having a debut. So um, the young kid, my kids train with Zali. Oh, really? Yeah, down at oh, the gym. Yeah, she's a great kid. So it's she's your got daughter, a debut. Has your daughter got a goal to play an yes. RLW? She yeah, wants yeah. To? Miller does, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Good enough? Uh, yeah, I would say yes. I would say yes. But like every kid uh, her age, there's a lot of work to do. You know, we've seen many, many kids come through with stars. Boys, we've got to just about go because um, with the luminary list coming up on the other side of this, uh, Seebs, take us through the rest of the games uh, tonight. You mentioned the Sharks already, but tomorrow, Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Yeah, what a game. Um, looking forward to it. I, I think the Roosters will, will get up. Like, obviously, I'm going for the Bunnies yeah. there, but, but I think the Roosters will get up. I said I th- see them being a team capable of of making the GF outside of the of the top four. So, uh, and where I see their advantage is is through the middle of the park. It's through the middle of the park, and I think um, Hargraves. Lodge, Bradley, um, I just really like what they're doing. And Sam Verrills is playing well off the back of that as well. So I see the Roosters tomorrow winning it. Rightio. So the luminary of list, boys, you're staying here to four, by the way. But the luminary of list is going to give us the top five moments of the year. I'll let you guys have a bit of a break. I'll interview the, the luminary and he can go through his top five moments of the year. And then we'll wrap up the show before four o'clock. Uh, Dometic, go on your next adventure. Dometic.com. Celebrate one of music's most beloved, the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. One of the great... Greatest lineups in music history will pay tribute to one of the most loved. The Taylor Hawkins tribute concert now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'll tell you what, there's a great video getting around at the moment of his young bloke playing with the Foo Fighters. This is Crunch Time. More to come. The Luminary coming up now. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Don't forget one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The board has absolutely lit up today. The text message oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Maestro. Um, I always say at Joel Fletcher, SEN, sliding in on the DMs, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Are we sliding on in this crunch time? At SEN League. Get involved around the boys. There'll be photos up, um, particularly tomorrow when they're out at Allianz Stadium with crunch time. And then you're on the Roosters Rabbitohs game. Is that right? That's right. I'll be calling that one tomorrow. SEN League. Very quiet night tonight. Looking forward to that. There's a few uh, uh, luminaries like the Whistler and uh, Sparman. They're trying to ankle tap me, Scotty Sattler-wise, just to get me in for a big night. But anyway, I tell you what, speaking of luminaries, he there's no one who does lists better than this man here. There is no one. And what I find with list loop, uh, Maestro, is whatever list you publish, if you ever publish a list on social media, people want to f- pick holes in it, right? So feel free to pick holes in this, but I'll tell you what, you'll be struggling to find it because our man's the best at lists in the business. The luminary of lists, he's on the line, he's back. Luminary, how are you? Uh- Good, Joel. Yourself? You've got the top five NRL moments. Yes, mate. So, again, my head works a little bit differently. Yes. And I'm sure being such a big NRL fan base of yours that there are going to be plenty of people who have different moments. But these are my Number five, I've got Latrell saying no to Origin. Um, and the reason I've got this as one of the big moments in this year's NRL is because I actually wonder whether we'll look back at that in the future and say that was the turning point where players chose club yep. over rep. And that's a big problem in a sport like soccer. I understand Latrell's reasons. And you know what? Freddie may not have actually picked him anyway. But I think the future significance might turn out to make this one of the real big moments, not just of this year, but big moments in rugby league. 
Dean, what do you make of the booing uh, claims and uh, Latrell? It's a really, really tricky one. Adam Goods gets brought up in the conversation. What's your personal view? Yeah, look, it's. I think there's a, a fine line, and I think the the, the booing and um, the bit of the good the good natured byplay between spectator and um, entertainer or footballer or cricketer or whatever, I think that's fine. But when it steps over the line, especially mm. in lines of racial discrimination um, or personal type attacks, I think that's where us as the public, we actually need to step in as well and say, hey, mate, that's, that's not right. You yep. know, just take five on that. Um, but the good, good-humoured byplay, I think, is part of the generic fabric of sport and, and the atmosphere that it creates. But, yeah, there is a fine line be, between the good-humoured stuff and, and taking it too far. As usual, measured response. Well done, Luminary. Okay, number four. All right. Ricky Stewart spray. Now, the question I ask with this moment, did Ricky get off lightly mm. with just a one-game ban for that post-spray of um, Jamin Salmon? And, um, and he got, I know he also got the 25 grand fine mm. um, after calling him a weak gutted dog. But <laughs> it's a moment for me. I shouldn't laugh. It's a personal Sorry. attack. Yeah, I know, but it's a, you do laugh initially. Yeah. But it's a personal attack we haven't seen the likes of in a public forum. Hopefully we don't see it again. But I just wonder whether it was too light of suspension. Fisher Harris taps their, their accidents, you know, and, and in this collision game, I understand that. But, you know, where Salmon kicked Tommy, he, he don't on. And I've had history with that kid. I know that kid very well. He's, he was a weak gutted dog as a kid, and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak gutted dog person now. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it blew up social media. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so that's number four. So we were three big moments ahead of that in the National Rugby League. Uh, for those who missed, uh, Maestro, for those who missed uh, the Luminaries' top five sporting moments of the year, they can go to the podcast via where? NRL Crunch Time, search it, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, yep. wherever you get them, yep. it'll be there. Okay, he's on fire. Okay, let's just keep the momentum going. Number three. Number three is Luke Patton's explanation. Um, I'm still at a loss to understand it, to be honest. He's a great fellow, Luke, but go for it. He is a good I've met him. He's a, he is a really good bloke, and I think he just dug himself a hole and kept digging, unfortunately. But yeah. explaining minor contact from Nelson on Egan's jaw yeah. that leaves you with cracked teeth, yeah. I think that's a, the moment that's symbolic of the confusion we've all had as the public with the match review process all season. Um, so that's why um, I'm spotted a couple of things that, number three. Um, there was a couple of other things that we had to clear in this tackle. Uh, firstly, there was the head slam. Um, we see that there's um, clear separation from Nelson's right arm as as um, player Egan sort of gets thrown to the ground. Nelson has a good grip with his left arm, but there's clear separation, whereas in a head slam you would see that arm isolate the head and really slam it into the ground. So we've cleared that because his arm does separate from Egan. Yeah, there you go. And I, I don't know whether Dean, uh, the luminary sentiment is because of, I've been trying to get Maestro. I think he'd be a very good touch footballer. And I've been trying to get contracts out to him for the men's 40s Cronulla team. <laughs> Which, he's an Oz tag, Illuminary. But anyway, we're down to two. We are down to two. The biggest right. moments in the National Rugby League in 2022 to this point. Right. Number two is Nathan Cleary's spear tackle. Now, it's not a big moment in my mind for the tackle itself. 
but more so for the impact this might have had on the Premiership. So unlike many others, I didn't have the Panthers as lay down as there. And that was because of the fact that so many of their playing have yep. had such a heavy workload over the past few years. Agree. At the back end of this season, fatigue might have kicked in. But when your king has five weeks off mm. leading into the final series, that might very well, that tackle might very well be the thing that secures back-to-back premierships for the Panthers. But I will say this, beware the Sharks, Joel. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what, uh, Luminary, I do say this often. I wax lyrically, as Fletch would say, sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped. Is that a badly wrapped exactly. gift for the Penrith Panthers? Those replays don't get any prettier. Okay, hands are between the legs. Dropping him into the ground. They're off. Gone! Mason Cleary has been sent from the field. It's been reviewed okay. That's it. Okay, there we go. Number one. Number one. Yeah, is, number, is there a vacancy? Has it been left clear for something coming up? What have you landed on, Luminary? All right, so I think this is going to be a bit controversial amongst you listeners. Good. Um, I must admit, I I enjoyed it as a Blues fan. Yep. But the Broncos meltdown. Oh. There's got to be some serious questions asked in Briggs Vegas. Mm. Four to five weeks out, they're flying high, they're knocking on the top four door, but now they haven't even made the eight. And the, the big thing for me about this is it's not just the implosion for what's happened this year, but mentally, what impact is that playing group going to have left on them going into 2023 and will the horses suffer from it? Mm. Well, the thing is, Dean, and uh, the luminary is two years ago, they won three games last year, seven games, 13 games. Uh, As a Broncos fan, I know there's a recency bias because it all went pear shape at the end, but is it a winning season? I mean, well, it is a winning season because you won 13, lost 11, and that's what they talk about in the NFL. Is it a winning or losing season? Well, it actually is a winning season, but you've had so much to do with high-level sport over the years. How do you appraise their season? Um, look, I think that you've got to – it has to be a failure. Mm. And I understand what you're saying. By the numbers, yeah, yep. it's a winning season, and it's, it's definitely improved on the last two years. But you've got to look at it as a failure to be in the position four to five weeks out of not just being in the eight, but a chance of getting a top four position. And then, like, the wheels come off, the players are throwing the toys out of the cot, and they miss (laughs) the eight completely. That's, that's to me, if I'm in Broncos, if I'm Ben Eichen, I've got to say, you know, this has actually been a failure. Now, Luminary, you are actually, I reckon you're one of the most passionate fans of the Sharks, the Cronulla Sharks, um, yeah. all things Cronulla for that matter. How are you feeling? And are you getting a little bit of that 2016 vibe? Um, I'm, to be honest, I'm nervous. We've yep. got a really good record against the Cows. Yep. Uh, and But not necessarily a great record against them in final series. Um, we've had some wins, but we've also had some losses. Really pleased it's at Shark Park tonight. Yep. And, Are you going uh, down there? I'll be there. I'll be there with yeah, the yeah. blue, black and white on, screaming the lungs out and getting the boys home. Who's the crew with you? Do, do I know any of the people with you? No, no, no. no. Different crew, mate. Yep. Different crew from the circles you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably good for you that you don't know some of them. <laughs> no. okay. I think his season this year has been unbelievable. Far better than I like. I was massively wrapped that we were able to pick him up. Um, but I think he's gone beyond the expectation in that very first year 
Like the way he's playing now and the leadership he's showing on field, I was kind of expecting that might develop in the next mm. couple of years under Fitzy. Um, and mind you, when you say who's the most important, I want Fitzy and Pricey in the box. Yeah, I think they're the two most important oh, yeah. pieces to the cog that get overlooked when people talk about the Sharks season. Totally agree. And uh, you've lit up the board today, Luminary. Uh, we'd have to get you back next week because such has been the response. But uh, well done. Well done. Thanks, buddy. Look after yourself and up, up, Cronulla. And just remember, just remember when you're bowling today, the small ball is, you need to have that on the inside. Is that right? Yeah, bias, mate, the bias. <laughs> bias on the inside, not yeah. the small ball. No, that's right. The luminary of lists on fire today. We appreciate having him back. This is crunch time. Uh, more to come on the other side of this. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. This is NRL Crunch Time. Yeah, it certainly is. Boys, we made it. Uh, big four-hour shift today. We appreciate all the listeners to 1300 one 1170 That's the number. Keep it in your phone, by the way. And uh, you can text any old time for all the shows, 0457 736 736. You'll hear me next on Monday, the run home with Joel and Fletch. Slide into the DMs, TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, at Joel Fletch SEN. Slide away. Seeds. Be careful what you wish for there, Joel. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 don't worry, I've learned that. I heard about the letters. I heard about the letters with your dad on the way in. <laughs> oh, yeah, dad. Oh, you're good on your David Kane. The cooler. Seeves, great insight today, mate. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thank John. you very much. Yeah, good, uh, boys, a uh, final say. I know you were talking up the Panthers. Panthers, your tip, Seeves? I think so, yeah. 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 Adrian Prezenko, your tip to win the competition. Para. 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 I live in hope. Yeah, they're driving. Wonga. They're driving. <laughs> to North Sydney via the Blue Mountains. That's what they're doing. And Panthers, Roosters, Panthers win. Hey, listen. You're banned from being on any shows with Anthony. You've just agreed with everything you said today. <laughs> I oh, agree. Great minds, great minds think cop. alike. Do I have to be bad cop? <laughs> yeah. The Cowboys, it's just a sneaky feeling. The Plenty Cowboys. of players on the rise. Yeah, I think Hopper did something to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> Jeez, that's, that's, yeah. You mentioned that and it stuck six feet for life. Yeah. Anyway, that's us. We're done. We thank you very much. We are back next week. Crunch time on tomorrow too, by the way. So we're looking forward to that from midday. This has been Crunch Time. Good luck to your teams if they're still in the final. If they're not, have a couple. Uh, We'll catch you next time. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.